If you want real stories, real life tools for resilience and in-depth conversations directly from those involved, then look no further than the HSC Heroes. This podcast, proudly sponsored and produced by The Safety Shed, is your gateway to authentic narratives in the realm of workplace safety. The Safety Shed, a company dedicated to working with high-risk industries, offering free site surveys and bespoke safety solutions nationwide. Offering more than just accounts of incidents, HSE Heroes is a platform that provides tangible tools for resilience and engages in profound conversations directly with the individuals who've experienced these challenges. As your host, Alex is here to guide you through these compelling stories, offering insights and inspiration. So join us on this journey, where every episode unfolds into the exploration of real stories and practical tools for resilience. Tune in and immerse yourself into the world of HSE Heroes, where authenticity and depth take centre stage. Welcome to HSE Heroes. Our proud to be safe partnership continues today with a very special guest um, who shares her story nationally. Uh, most of the proud to be safe stories, as you'll know, listeners from previous, is is very much around workplace incidents, uh, accidents, and and things following. Um, as you know, we like to focus on life lessons, inspiration, tools, resilience, um, what life looks like after. Um, and I'm sure you'll get a lot out of this, listeners, today. So, with that in mind, we've got something a little bit different today, um, but immensely powerful nonetheless. So, our guest Kelly Durham. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you for Alex. coming over. I really Thank do appreciate you. it. It's uh, it means a lot more in person, I think, and, yeah, it, and you get a lot definitely. more, yeah. uh, a much better conversation. So I appreciate you traveling all the way from Durham this morning. No problem. Thank you. No worries. So here to talk to us about your life changing moment, um, yeah. uh, and, and what sort of happened, how it impacted yours, your family's life. Um, and I know listeners, you're going to love the empowerment and strength of this one. So. With all my guests, I like to go right back to the beginning, Kelly. So where it all started for you, childhood, where you grew up, your hobbies, um, aspirations, that sort of thing. Uh, and then from there, just, just take us into your story and we'll uh, and we'll see, see where the conversation takes us. So over to you, Kelly. Okay, so where do I begin? Um, so I was raised, well, I was born in Watford. I was then raised in Portsmouth. Um, both my parents are from the northeast. My dad um, travelled all over the world with the navy. My mum went with him. Uh, I think he was sixteen when he left his home oh, wow. in Northumberland. Um, they were out in Hong Kong, where I have an older sister um, who was born in Hong Kong. They then. Uh, come back to the UK. I was born in Watford, then raised in Portsmouth until I was 11, I think. And then um, I moved north, uh, back to my mum and dad's hometown. Durham, right? Uh, no, it's actually a small fishing village um, in Northumberland called Armble. Oh, okay, right, yeah. yeah. A lovely little uh, fishing village. Mm. Um and I was raised uh, there. My mum and dad actually went through a divorce. Okay. Uh, I lived with my father um, till the age of 17. I was very young. Um, 
I then met my, um, well, it was my first boyfriend who I then married and ended up having three children with. Oh, wow. Um, yes, Sophie, John and Jack. So I was actually a young mum. Mm. Always worked. Yeah. Um, what did know. you do? So, well, I had many different jobs, actually. I actually worked my first ever job. I was a waitress in a bar. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I actually used to put the tips in my shoe, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, we used to nick the tips no in way. our shoes, yeah. Um, Hopefully I, you didn't get coins. No. <laughs> <laughs> my shoes were rattly, to say the least. Um, I've also worked in a health food shop. Nice. Uh, making gluten-free cakes. I've worked in a soft play. I worked in a supermarket. I worked in a video shop. Wow. A blockbuster. Don't wow, know wow. if you can remember I that. I do remember yeah, that, yeah. Back in the day, blockbuster. Yeah, no more. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, I, I also worked in the job centre. Um, so I've done various different things, really. But mm. Alan... Um, Sophie John and Jack's dad, who I went on to marry, was yeah. actually the main breadwinner in okay. our family. Um, so I kind of, uh, well, although I worked, hmm. it was more for my sanity, I guess, and not I just see. being a stay-at-home mum. I see, okay. A bit yeah. of structure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I never financially needed to work. Yeah. Um, he owned his own fishing trawler and stuff, um, provided us with a good living. Yeah. You know, we owned our own home and had our own car and did the family holidays and so on. Uh, But I always worked, but I never financially needed to. Yeah. But it gave me that sense of independence. Yeah. um, And my own money, Mm. even though, you know, go on the house and the kids, I felt part of something. Yeah. Contributing. Yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, that's, so that's uh, how I actually, my my life, if you like, began Mm. as an adult, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, various different jobs, um, earning pennies, but still, it was my sanity. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And meeting people and speaking with people, from what I can tell of you from these (laughs) first 20, 25 minutes, (laughs) however this morning, you like to to speak to people. I love it. I think uh, that is my niche. Yes. I love to talk, mm-hmm. but I love finding out about people. I love meeting different kinds of people. Yeah. Um, I've lived quite a sheltered life, if I'm, if I'm honest. I was just, I say I was just, I wasn't just. I was a mum of three. Alan was at sea um, the majority of the week, you know, it was yeah. the Sunday to the Thursday. And I, I was a stay-at-home mum with, you know, the part-time job. But I was never out there. I never Mm. um, moved out of my small hometown, you know, unless it was the holidays. I didn't travel. I didn't know the world was as big as what it was. And there were so many different kinds of people, different views and opinions. And I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Obviously, I have more time on my hands now. My children, you know, well, I have three that are all in their 20s now. Oh, they're all fully grown up now then, yeah? Yeah, I still have two at home, yeah. um, which I'll I'll get to. Yeah. Um, but now I have more time on my hands where I can sit down and get to mm. know, you know, uh, different kinds of people, different yeah. views, different opinions. Yeah. I have more time. Yeah, And exactly. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. You feel like it's a bit of a, a different direction for you altogether then just... Yeah, I do. I mean, most people grow up and do mm. things the opposite way around, which I think is also, you know, uh, we're told it's the right way to, to do it, to get married and then, mm-hmm. you know, to have your children and so on. But I kind of did mine back to front, yeah. like everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I sort of had my children first, uh, raised my children. <clears throat> I had uh, quite a, a tough time, mm-hmm. which we'll get into, but... Now I've raised my family and I'm in my 40s. My life is kind of also now beginning. Yeah. As in for Kelly. Yes. Not a wife, not a mum, not a housekeeper. Yeah. You know, Kelly. And it's yeah. it's nice. It's yeah. a, it's a it's an exciting time, I think. It is. Future yeah. looks bright, doesn't it? For yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've I've always said I've always been an advocate for I think you're exactly where you're supposed to be at any one time. Oh, so yeah, regardless sure. of whether it's like you say back to front quote yeah. unquote, or, or otherwise yeah. I think that's exactly how it's yeah there's no rule book there isn't no you know people no. have an opinion and say oh you know this is wrong or this is right but show me the rule book yeah and who wrote the rule book mm-hmm. if there is you know every everybody's different of course yeah there is no right time there is no wrong time um, it's about I'm very much the glasses uh, half full not oh, half empty in anything and everything yeah you know, mm. I think always have a, a positive mindset yes. looking forward. Yeah. Um, and always appreciate what you have in your life, I think, because you will never have more if you don't appreciate what you have mm. at this current time. I like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as you can see from the table, we've got a we've got a table where we write some aspirational quotes now. So yeah. I think you're going to fill it today. Yeah, <laughs> I think I could. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I could. We'll get that sorted after. We'll see what yeah. you can do. But did you always want a family then, or was that? So do you know what? Growing up in Portsmouth, I lived um, in uh, obviously a city and you didn't know your neighbours. Mm. You really did not know your neighbours. You, you didn't know who lived in your street and stuff. But everyone knew me, I think it's fair to say, growing up because I was the mum of my street. I really was. Mm. To all the younger children in my street, I mean, my mum would tell you I used to look after everyone's oh, kids. Really? I was literally the mummy of all the children. Um, I don't think it was a choice. I think it's in me. I am so maternal. Yeah. I am so, so maternal. Um, You know, I always, at school, I wanted to do uh, either beauty therapy Mm -hmm. or midwifery. Oh, right. Wow. I've never done midwifery, but I do, I've, you know, gone on to, I'm now a mum of five and yeah, wow. nana to four. Wow. And I think it's fair to say, um, and I am going to blow smoke up my own. Do it. Um, let's say. I honestly believe had I studied midwifery, I would have been one of the best midwives out there. Yeah. But I was a young mum. I had three children. Mm. I didn't have time, you know, to to study and stuff at that time. Is it a regret today? Massively. Massive, massive regret. Mm. I did beauty therapy. I went on to own my own beauty salon. Oh, amazing. So if you like, I kind of, you know, um, did a bit of both. I had children of my own and I owned my own salon. But is it a regret not following up and doing midwifery? A hundred percent. Yeah, I was going to ask if it it was a regret. Yeah, yeah, it is, you know, and I think about it often. Do you? Yeah. 
Yeah, I also suffer from uh, short-term memory loss now. Oh, really? From an accident that I'll get on to tell you yeah. about. But yeah. I honestly don't think that my uh, memory would hold up if I was to go study today. And I think um, that's one thing that does knock my confidence. Mm. I don't let it, you know, affect me on a day-to-day basis. But every now and again, I could be driving. I think, you know what? Like, could I do it? Yeah. You know, could I do it? But it's the learning side of it. Hands-on, I would be the best midwife, but it's all the learning behind it. I just don't know if I would be able to do that now because of my memory loss, yeah. the studying side and remembering certain things mm. and, you know. Yeah, that's difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. I suppose, obviously, you know more than I do about about your memory and, and how that affects and things, but... Have you, have you attempted to to do or look into it maybe and, and understand what that, that could involve? Do you know what? I haven't because it scares me. Yeah. And I think it's because it's something I want so bad yeah. that uh, rejection scares me. The thought of someone saying, you know, you, yeah. you're not going to be able to do this. Hmm. So I just don't. Yeah. I just don't go there yeah. because I like to believe I <clears throat> would have been one of the best midwives. Yeah. And I could have done it. But since my accident, mm-hmm. which we'll get on obviously to talk about, I suffer short-term memory loss and even so much so that sometimes I struggle to find words mm. in normal conversations. Yeah. Well, that surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, honestly, it does. Like, I'll always fill it, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'll always find another word. But hands down, I actually sometimes can't even find the words or I lose the way of my... Um, you know, uh, my explanation of something or my mm. sentence, I start to lose my way yeah. and I have to take a minute yeah. to sort of try and get it back. But yeah, yeah I, I don't think I would succeed today. Is it a regret? Yes. Mm. Um, do I let it pull me down? And no, definitely not. You know, I've had a, a good life, yeah. a hard life, but I've had a good life. And um this, you know, the future's still bright yeah. for me. So you never know. There's uh, no, there's don't. always ways to be involved in yeah. that world without without going through the whole midwifery yeah. app, you know, without having to pass the test and so you might it might be something you can just get involved in that world and still yeah. get yeah. you know, maybe maybe just be there yeah. looking after I him think, just after or something. Yeah, I think because I'm uh maternal and I'm yeah. just a caring character, I just love people. Yeah. Um you know, I do think, although I um, I'm a inspirational speaker, mm-hmm. um, and that is my income now. That is my job, and I travel all around the country, and I absolutely love that because I feel like I'm making somebody else um more positive in their mindset, yeah. which empowers me mm-hmm. to keep going when people approach me and say, "Wow, yeah, you know, you give me so much inspirational, yeah." Um, get up and go Mm. I think wow and then that inspires me and then I keep going but I'm very much for um caring for other people yeah yeah you can see that coming through for sure yeah in all aspects I think so yeah yeah. you see other people you know achieve their dreams or maybe chase their dreams from your inspirational talks yeah you're probably getting a lot out of that through proxy, aren't you? You know, seeing them see realize their dreams. Yeah, for sure. And I think when you know I stand and present, I think, Jesus, you know, am I actually enough to be standing here to try mm. to help these people? You know, uh, whether it's um, let me think of the 
word. Um, see, there we go. There's one of the moments that I just explained. That's all right. But trying to uh, trying to help someone recognize how they're thinking and feeling in certain um, areas of their life, whether yeah. it's a home life or a work life, behind a desk, yeah. in a warehouse, behind the wheel, wherever it is. Am I good enough? Mm. And then. At the end of my presentations, when there's a queue of people standing, waiting to say to me, you know, thank you, Kelly. Wow. Yeah. And can I share a story with you? What happened to me? I get so much back from that. Yeah, I bet. And it inspires me to do it again the next yeah. day, the next day. The and then you have day. the same feelings yeah. and the same again. Yes, the same thoughts every time I get yeah. up there. And it's the same feeling after. But you still do it. And I'll, do you know what? I will forever do it. Yeah. I will forever do it if I know I'm making some form of change to someone's mindset. Yeah. To help them become more resilient or more positive, then I'm going to do yeah. it every day for the, the rest yeah. of my life, you know? I love that. That's strength, strength straight. Where there's a, there's a quote on here just uh, from Jason, I think it is. Yeah. This one here just under the phone there. You're good. Well, I can't you, read upside down. Your greatest <laughs> life is on the other side of fear. Yeah. Sort of, uh, sort of you in a nutshell. Yeah. That really into. I love that, Jason. Well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's very good. It is. Yeah, it's it true. Is. It is really is true. And I think it's very rewarding when you pass, um, you know, uh, through the the anxiety, the fear, the feeling of am I good enough? Mm. Um, can I do this? Yeah. It's, it's almost like it's been in your house and thinking, I need to go for a walk. You know, you don't want to leave the house. You don't want to see anyone. Mm. You confront that. You leave your home. You go for a walk. It's so rewarding. You come home yeah. and you, you've done it. You're glad you've done it. Yeah, you yeah, feel sure. good. It's yeah. not as scary as it seems. Mm. I think sometimes the thoughts and what we create in our heads yeah. are worse than, you know, the, the actual situation. Yeah. Um, you know, the... Biggest critic you'll ever meet, as mm. they say, is inside your own head. Yeah. And I've been there a zillion times. It is, yeah. Yeah. So you saw right, I've I heard a quote. So I've, I'm a, a big rugby league fan. Right. Okay. Obviously of Northern Town. Yeah. <laughs> Growing up right. playing rugby. So yeah. me and my uncle love it. But one of my favourite players, um, Jamie Peacock is called. Right. He okay. he got signed when he was nineteen for it was the best club in the world at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he lived in Leeds and the team was Bradford. Right. And there was a bus that ran from right. Leeds all the way to Halifax. And in between that, obviously, you get off the bus and, and go do your trial and stuff. So he was 19. I'd, I'm sure he won't mind me telling this story. Um, but basically, he got to his stop at Odsall Top and um, lost his bottle. Ended up riding it all the way another eight miles onto Halifax. Yeah. So he now does a big talk and all this sort of stuff. And he's, he's saying, and I still use it today. I heard this years ago. Um, it's time to get off the bus. Yeah. So he ended up going back a week later, getting off the bus and being one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Um, so I, I always think about Amazing. stuff like that. When I've got a little yeah. bit of fear and I'm just like, it's time to get off the bus. Yeah. Time to get off the bus and then you, that's it. Yeah, I can completely relate to that. I'm going to give you a, a, another saying that my dad taught me. Hmm. He said, Kelly, when you are holding regret or anger or fear or an emotion that doesn't make you the best version of you... Hmm. Imagine it like a hot cup of coffee. You're holding that hot cup of coffee. Put the cup down. Mm. The burning sensation's gone. The feeling is gone. Just put that coffee down. Don't hold it. Put it down. I like that. Yeah. It's visual as well. You can see yourself doing it. Yeah, you're burning yourself. Yeah. Put it down. Put that hot cup of coffee down. Yeah. 
It's little things like that yeah. that can help so many. Yeah. I love that saying. Yeah, that's all it takes. Yeah. Yeah, whatever you're holding on to that's absolutely, you know, changing your well-being, mm. put it down. Put that coffee down. Because right there, it's a game changer. Yeah. If nothing else, folks, I'll take that from today. <laughs> put the coffee down. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Someone needs to make you a coffee first. <laughs> they do, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. <laughs> Mine is totally empty. Yeah. Um, so then leading up to, obviously we touched on it a little bit, but but leading up to um, the day and what, what happened and all that sort of stuff, did you have a bit of a change in perspective? Did you have some plans that then immediately changed after? And, and what, what was the so, you know, leading to it? Um, yeah, so uh, what actually happened was, uh, I just go back a little bit. So yeah. I met Alan, who I then went on to marry and have the uh, three children, so mm-hmm. John and Jack with, in the small uh, Northumberland Fishing Village, which we both lived in. Yeah. And uh, Alan owned his own fishing trawler and so on. And um, he would normally go off, weather dependent, uh, Sunday till a Thursday night, Friday morning. But mm. if it was bad weather through the week, he would then be home through the week and go off on the weekend oh, okay. to see. Right. And this one particular Friday that he was home, October the 3rd, it was 2008, uh, it was an absolute normal day for us absolute normal day um we all woke up late which was pretty standard my house kids were late for school okay um and the the children's school was actually nine miles away from where we lived normally they would get the school bus okay but what actually happened was um the night before alan had offered sophie some pocket money if she was to go on and iron a pair of his jeans. Okay. So regardless of the fact they were running late for school, Sophie was absolutely adamant that she wanted her pocket money off her dad before she left for school. <clears throat> so she went on to iron her dad's jeans that morning. So by this time, it made them really late for school. Yeah. So uh, Alan had agreed to take them in by car. Right. So that morning, they all left... Um, you know, in the car, and it's absolute chaos. Mm. Have you got children? I don't know. Oh, you're very no. lucky. <laughs> <laughs> you're very lucky. You're living your best life. I'm living the best yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's hectic. It's chaos. You know, where's your shoes? Where's your bag? Mm-hmm. Have you done your homework? Where's your coat? And they all left, and it was silent. And I remember, you know, um, the silence of how nice that was for yeah. me, being a mum of three. Yeah. Um, anyways, I had to put uh, MTV on and uh, ranked up the music, yeah. the volume, and I start, you know, making the beds and doing the breakfast dishes and, and so on. And uh, I remember Alan pulling back up on the drive after he dropped the, the children off at school. And he tooted to let me know he was on the drive. Mm. Because I was actually going to Eyemouth with him that day, which is a, another small fishing village just okay. on the Scottish border. Yeah. Um, because he had an appointment that day um, and some fishing gear to pick up at Eyemouth. Mm. But I was going along um, for the ride. And, you know, being a mum of three, you never get date days. No. You never, ever get on dates. You, you never do anything. 
So uh, a Friday, children being at school, us travelling an hour and a half up to Iman was a date yeah. for me. We were going to grab some lunch on the way home and yeah. what have you. And um, I couldn't actually get in the car until a song had come on MTV. Uh, you know uh, Pearl Harbor, the movie? Yes. So it's by Faith Hill, There You'll Be. Oh, I know that song, yeah. Yeah, oh. me and Alan loved it. We'd watched that movie maybe a week or two before this particular date. Oh, really? We loved the movie, loved the song. Yeah. And he was too into, as if to say, Kelly, get in the car. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't turn MTV off um, until I heard the whole song. Yeah. I always say to people in my presentations, am I the only mad one that will actually be <laughs> in my vehicle? I'm pulling up at my home and a good song comes on yeah. and I'll drive straight past my home just to hear the whole song. I, I do it. Do you do I it? Do, do it, you I swear do it? to God. Because, you know, a lot of people actually look at me at that moment when I say that and, and I can yeah. see they're confused. Yeah. To me, that's normal. It is normal. Yeah, I'll and drive straight past my house to hear the whole song. I'll just sit there. I'll just sit there and listen <laughs> to it. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Can't waste petrol at prices. <laughs> 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 Unbelievable. Oh, no, someone once said, uh, I can't remember where I heard it or what, but... Uh, always trust somebody who sits in the car and yeah. listens to the full song that yeah. they like. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, you know, I, I've actually drove past people sitting in their car and you can tell they're just sitting thinking. Yeah. And I have actually looked at these people selfishly had a thought and thought, yep, yeah, you're having a hard time. Uh, yeah. You've fallen out with your partner and you've gone on a drive. Or, yeah. You know, we have this sort of stigma, don't we? Yeah. About people just sitting in their car. But yeah, I mean, I couldn't turn this song off mm. until I heard the whole song. Uh and it's forever been a regret of mine because I, you know, often still to this day think if I turn that car off, uh, that, sorry, that song five or ten seconds earlier, would things have been different? And I know when people say, uh, you know, five, if I'd just done that five seconds earlier or five seconds later, would the outcome have been different? I am now one of them people that think that still all these years later, what if, what if I turned that song off earlier? So I actually get, I listen to the whole song yeah. and I get in the car and uh, we start heading up to Eye Mouth. Um, and Eye Mouth is about an hour and a half journey from my home oh, okay. and where we lived at, at that particular time. And I got in the car um, and I also remember actually having a conversation with Alan because we had a, uh, our own cars, mm. but that day he chose to take my car. Okay. And I don't know why. There's no reason mm. why he actually chose my to get in my car that day, but normally he would drive his car and I would drive mine. Mm. But this day he drove my car and I should have been the driver that day yeah I because that was the rules if you like he drove his I drove yeah. mine but for some reason this day he drove my car but I should have been the driver that's another thought that I still have yeah you know why this and why that have you thought about why that could have been or was yours just um, easier to take on the day or do you know what I don't know if um I, do you know what I could, I could give you a hundred reasons yeah. right now. I mm. could probably name five mm. different reasons. Uh, fuel consumption. Yeah. Speed. Yeah. I could give you a hundred. Mm. 
I don't know. I don't know, but it fixes me for a long, long, long time. Yeah. Um, and it's still a thought today. Why, you know, did this happen? Why did that happen? Why did my turn song off? Why was my driving? Why did he start my car that yeah. day? I suppose um, if nothing, for argument's sake, if nothing happened that day, just as it hasn't... It would never be never, a thought. Never have been a thought. Yeah, it would never be a thought. Yeah. Yeah. Never, ever thought that. So if you nothing got happened in, that day, I yeah. wouldn't actually think that. Yeah. Never actually flipped it like that, even though I know that. Yeah. And it's such a a simple mm-hmm. thing to, to... A simple thought to have. Mm-hmm. I've never actually said, yeah, but... I would never have questioned, even today, coming down to see you. Yeah. Nothing's questionable. It's just the norm. Exactly. But if something was to happen, I'd think, well, why did I yeah. choose today? Yeah. Or why did we agree yeah. on a time? Or Well, you, you you said to me this morning as you came in, I even got to drop the kids off this morning. Yeah. Which was different. Yeah. To usual. Yeah. So if, if you know, God forbid, something then happened. Yeah. Then you'd have been questioning, why yeah. did I drop the kids off? Yeah. Normally, I stay away the night before. Yeah. When I'm working away, I stay away the night before because, you know, you, you get up, uh, you'll have a coffee, you'll drive to your um, venue where yeah. you're speaking at, uh, you'll meet, you know, the team leaders and the organisers and, and so on. But this morning, mm. it was very much like there was no rush. Mm-hmm. I could literally drop them off and drive here. Like, I wasn't putting uh, Dolly, my youngest, into breakfast club. Yeah. Everything was just so, but it's something I've never given thought. Yeah. But if something happens, I guess, that is when we actually question why, 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 We, why? we always, human nature always yeah, looks for answers and reasons. Yeah. Even if we're not directly involved, we always yeah. try and, not not assign blame, that's the wrong term, but we always look for reasons Yeah. To, to get it's back to equilibrium. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. It is, yeah. We try yeah. and understand the yeah. you know, stuff that's you can't understand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's a, it's a tragic and like you say, a tragic tragic event that mm-hmm. you want answers for. Yeah. And you look for them in any yeah. little tiny thing. But yeah. On the flip side, it would never ever have even entered your mind yeah. that you drove that day. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But yeah, um, so I get in the vehicle and uh, we start heading north. <clears throat> like I said, it was an hour and a half away, roughly, from where we lived. And it's a strange one. It's an absolute strange one because I can only remember two things of the whole journey. Really? Yeah. Really strange. And one of them is a visual memory. The other one's odd. Uh, to say the least, but the the first one is uh, we passed the garage on the right called Purdy Lodge. Okay. A lot of people know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, go northbound uh, on the A one. It's a big garage on the right. It's got a big service station and a cafe and whatever. I think I know which one you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And the sun was shining, <clears throat> and I remember this. Um, own I remember the weather only because of this reason. A couple was getting into the car. And I remember watching them and they looked so happy. You know, their body language, they were just so happy. And the sun was shining down on this lady's hair. 
and she had really shiny hair. Yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, you're so happy and you're, I'm a girl's girl, I remember yeah. crazy things. I could be in the lift and I know what kind of nail polish someone has on. <laughs> and the, the sun was shining on this lady's hair and I remember thinking, wow, your hair is in such good condition, it's so shiny mm. and you're so happy. And then the other memory, I'd actually received a phone call off my sister telling me um, the sad news that an old school friend in Portsmouth mm. had been killed out on uh, a motorbike in Thailand. Oh, wow. And this is a strange one because I ended the call and I discussed this with Alan for quite some time because the guy who had been killed was the first ever guy <clears throat> that I actually kissed. No way. Went on to have a son with my best friend in Portsmouth years and years down the line. So my best friend had a child with this guy. Yeah. He was the first guy I ever kissed. Anyways, my sister told me of the news. I ended the call, discussed it with Alan for quite a, a time because obviously the guy who had been killed was a young dad. Yeah. And that was my last ever conversation I had with Alan. My last ever conversation with my husband was discussing the death wow. of a, a lovely guy um, who had died on a moped out in Thailand, who was my first ever boyfriend, is in who I first ever kissed yeah. in Portsmouth, who actually went on and had a child with my best friend. Wow. Yeah. That was my last ever conversation I had with my, my husband. God. I have no other memory at all with Alan after that. Do you do you remember the conversation itself or just that you did yeah, discuss it? Yeah, we discussed it uh, because he knew <clears throat> my best friend from yeah. Portsmouth. Um, he knew, obviously, she had a son. Um, I don't know if he knew he was, uh, to be fair, the first guy that I'd kissed. Mm. Obviously, we didn't discuss that. It was just very much... Um, my friend Danielle's partner, um, who she, ex-partner, who she had a child with, had been killed. And he knew of Danielle. Yeah. So he was obviously sad for mm. Danielle. And we were like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, poor Danielle, that's horrendous. And how sad it was. Um, and after that, I have no other memory at all with Alan. Wow. The impact um, that... Myself and Alan had was just a bit further down the road. That was the last conversation we ever had wow. together. Yeah. So, so do you remember anything after that personally? I remember nothing. The next memory I have is, uh, I I was in a field. Wow. And I remember grass on my cheek. Um, on my left side, there was grass brushing on my cheek. And I remember, although it was making me sleepy, mm. it was also waking me up. Right. And I remember a lady standing over the, well, kneeling over the top of me, uh, telling me everything's going to be okay and that the ambulance is on its way and to keep looking at her. Do not look anywhere else. Wow. Keep looking at me. And I didn't know this lady, yeah. but I found great comfort in this lady's voice. Oh, wow. Really strange. 
I found great comfort in her voice almost, well, I'm saying almost. I didn't want her to leave me. Yeah. I didn't know what happened or what was about to unfold. Yeah. But I knew I didn't want this lady to leave me. This lady is still in my life today. Oh, Funny no enough, shit. she's just sent me an Instagram message this morning. No, no idea I'm doing a podcast today, but she's messaged me this morning, yeah. So what actually wow. happened was uh, she, uh, I guess, stopped me looking mm. to my right to, you know, myself and Alan had had a head-on collision with a Dutch lorry driver. Oh, my God. Who had lost control of his thoughts, feelings and actions, I'd like to believe. That day, uh, he was in a hurry. He had a ferry to catch at Dover. Uh, he had multiple reasons as to why he decided to pull out on a bend. Um, so basically, just to make the, the picture clearer, I guess. Yeah. We have a lorry driver driving south, uh, driving southbound on the A1, mm -hmm. uh, approaching a bend, who was going down to Dover. He had a ferry to catch. Um, him and his wife had had multiple arguments back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't know if he was going to make the ferry home on time. Um, he's also tailing another slow-moving vehicle, which has a wide crane on the back. You've seen one of them. Yeah, the road I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So they're uh, restricted speed also. Yeah. Um, and just to make matters worse and to add to the mix, if you like, he is in a left-hand drive. Ah, uh, okay. So not only can he not see in front of him uh -huh. and he's running late, he has somewhere to be, blah, blah. He's also in a left-hand drive um, he's on a single carriageway. There's yeah. no place for him to overtake. So what he did next, by not being in control of his thoughts, which then led on to his feelings and then ultimately his actions, yeah. he caused a head-on collision by pulling out into the right-hand lane. Myself and Alan are in this lane travelling north. Yeah. We had no time to react at all, none. Um, you know, it worked out like something like 2.2 of a second. Or really? We had no time. I know, I honestly know with every single bit of me as I sit here in front of you today, if Alan could have got out of that, he would have got out of that. Yeah. I know for a fact, didn't matter how narrow the road was, hmm. you know, what was, uh, he was the best driver. Yeah. All my confidence was in Alan as a driver. We had no time. Mm -hmm. That's what it boiled down to. We had no time uh, to react. Um, the lorry driver pulled right out on the bend. Myself and Alan, we're coming northbound. We had a head-on collision. Uh, we were thrown multiple times um, in the air into a field. Wow. Uh, Alan took uh, the the brunt, if you like. I suppose uh, it was on that impact. side, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Alan was the driver. He took the brunt of the impact and was killed instantly um, at the, the scene, um, which getting back to, to me saying earlier about yeah. it being my car. Yeah. I had survival guilt, which I'll get to. Yeah. 
for a lot of years, uh, six years. Uh, I had survival guilt for, uh, because that was my car. Yeah. I should have been driving. You know, why did things pan out that day the way they did, mm-hmm. which is obviously what we were discussing earlier. Yeah. It will forever be why, why, why. You know, mm-hmm. it's trying to make sense of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is the hardest thing. But yeah, um, so the lady standing over, kneeling over the top of me, telling me to keep eye contact with her. I had no idea why she was saying these things. No so was she, was she a civilian then? So she, um, you know, she was on the road that day hmm. and uh, she pulled over and I don't know, I don't even know what the words are to say for this, but because I don't even know if I would have the balls, let's say, to do what she did. She mm. came over into the field wow. to check for survivors. Wow. She witnessed, you know, myself and Alan in the vehicle. She had to go on and have therapy, counselling for what she saw. Really? This is the ripple effect of yeah. somebody not being in control of their thoughts, feelings and actions. Yeah. You know, a lorry driver caused an accident, caused a death. There's also bystanders, mm-hmm. you know, who um, have had to go on to seek therapy. There was grown men there, which obviously I wasn't aware of at that time, yeah. that couldn't even come over to our car. Yeah. And she did, and she had to go on for help and stuff. But wow. Uh, the next thing I remember is uh, being on a spinal board and uh, I was pinned down, I couldn't move mm. and I had a neck brace on and so on and I remember being high above the accident scene, unaware to me at that particular time there had been an accident. I was so confused right. that I didn't actually know what, it, what was going on or where I was, or yeah. I wasn't even questioning anything, if I'm honest. I was just watching. Yeah. feel like out-of-body experience Yeah, almost. very much so, yeah. My sound had gone at this point. Oh, really? And I'm looking down on police cars, fire engine, ambulance, helicopter. There's shrapnel all over the road. There's people in high-vis jackets. It's just a mess. So this is from above that you're This is from above. So you're in the helicopter then at this point? No, I was pinned down on the spinal board and they were taking me out of the vehicle. Right. Uh, They had to cut me out of the vehicle. So there was the roof and so on had been ripped off. Oh, my Uh, God. And I was sideways, you know, with the the grass on my cheek. Ah, I see. I thought he was out of the car at this point. No, I was still in the vehicle. Yeah, still in the vehicle. Cut out the vehicle. In and out of consciousness, I'm still unaware to me what's going on. So yeah. even in a bit of a dream, yeah. really, you don't, you're not with it enough to question what's going on at that particular moment. Mm. You're just going with it. Yeah. Um. So I'm looking down on, on you know, the police, fire engine, helicopter, and so on, and there was no sound. It was like watching a movie with the sound off. Really? Yeah. It was. It was like watching a movie with the sound off. And then the next thing I remember. After that, I was then airlifted to hospital. But the next thing I remember is waking up in a room not much bigger than this room that we're in today. And uh, I couldn't move. I was actually still strapped down on the spinal board. Or I could move my fingertips. Yeah. 
and I had a big neck brace on, taped all the way down and so on. And I'm looking up at this ceiling um, and I'm trying to stay awake, trying, trying to stay conscious, if you will. And there was two nurses in the room with me and two liaison officers. And I remember one of the nurses calling out my name uh, quite uh, firmly. Right. You know, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. And I knew that this lady had something important to tell me by the tone in her voice. Really? And I'm trying to stay conscious enough and my brain's starting to wake up and I'm thinking, where am I? Yeah. Who is she? Da, da, da. And she's calling out my name repeatedly. And then she said to me, uh, you know, uh, Kelly, you've been um, in a car accident. Um, and I'm so sorry the driver didn't survive. Oh At God. that moment, I mean, my heart is pounding. Yeah. I'm dizzy. Mm. Um, I'm trying to catch my breath. I mean, bear in mind, I'm still pinned down on a... Yeah. Spinal wall. I can't move. I can't get up. I can't leave the room. Mm. I can't do anything. There's nobody else there. And uh, I'm screaming, staring up at the ceiling. And I'm asking her multiple questions. Yeah. Uh, who are you? Where am I? Did you see it? Do you know what he looks like? Where's my children? Yeah. Show me. Alan, you know, my mind at that point is just racing. My yeah. heart's beating in my chest. I'm out of breath. I'm dizzy. I'm asking her multiple questions. Um, I went on and I'll get, you know, I'll, I'll get on about this, but I actually developed PTSD. And I think at that very moment is when my life took... Uh, spin and I developed my PTSD. I really do believe I developed PTSD right at that very moment. Oh, really? So it's not Pure like shock. Wow. You know, disbelief. Yeah. Try and understand something that I can't remember. She mm. said I was there. I, I, I'm confused. I then start thinking, am I imagining these memories or did these actually happen? Because yeah. I can't remember impact. I was never allowed to see Alan because of the injuries he sustained. Yeah. So then I double questioned, was Alan killed mm. or was somebody else killed? And they think it's Alan because nobody, he was identified by tattoos. Right. Um. So I'm like, I have no proof other than mm. some other person's word who was a complete stranger to me. You, you're not going to believe she, that. Yeah, and she didn't know Alan. She didn't know what he looked like. Yeah. He didn't know her. I don't know her. Yeah. She's telling me news that I can't remember. I'm then doubting if the scene at the accident of me being in the field is even real. Yeah. Because I can't actually remember the impact yeah. or the moments before impact. So I'm full of doubt. Mm. Um, I mean... We'll go back and forth here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we lived in a townhouse at that time. Yeah. And uh, after the accident, I remember sitting on, we had a balcony on the middle floor that overlooked Walkwood Castle. Absolutely oh, beautiful. Oh, nice. 
But I sat there in the cold of the winter, snow, rain, wind, searching for signs because you were overlooking fields, mm. you know, north. And I used to think, is Alan in a field walking around delirious off an impact, a bump to the head, doesn't know where he is. And it's somebody else that we've killed and they think it's Alan. And they've told me, you know, Alan's died, but none of us have actually seen or uh, witnessed anything. Wow. He's been identified off tattoos, but what happens if somebody else has the same tattoo? My yeah. mind, my thoughts. Which going to do? We're going try. crazy. I did not believe it. I didn't trust. I lost all trust. Wow. Didn't believe anyone around me. Really? Everyone was starting to beg me, my friends, my family, uh, loved ones, to say, Kelly, you need help. Yeah. Because they were recognising signs that I was getting up at five in the morning, setting my alarm for five in the morning. So I could open my blinds. Hmm. Because what I was actually doing was telling the outside world I was coping, uh, but in actual fact, I was falling apart and I was doing different things. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I remember that night in, in uh, or that day in hospital, I actually signed myself, discharged myself out of hospital. Did you? That, not, that same that night? That very day, I wow. discharged myself out of hospital. Because I was absolutely convinced that when I got home, Alan was going to be there and all this was going to stop. Everybody had it wrong. Really? And I, I left that night in a wheelchair because uh, I'd actually broke my back in oh six places. I had multiple broken ribs. My nice. skull was on show. I had a blood clot in my neck. I even lost control of my bladder. Oh, my God, Kelly. Wow. Yeah. And the, the mad thing is, on me saying this, I had acrylic nails on at the time, you know. Yeah. And this is probably, I don't even know if anyone would ever understand this, but not one nail was broken. Really? Even though I broke my back, I didn't break a nail. And I found it really hard to understand how Alan lost a life. Oh, yeah. When I didn't break a nail, when we were sitting so close. Yeah. How trying to sort of gather understanding. Mm. I don't understand. We were so close. He was bigger than me. He was stronger than me. You know, I didn't break a nail. He lost his life. That was my car. I should have been driving. Why didn't I turn the song off sooner? There was, my mind was racing. Yeah. I was, you know, unbeknown to me, I was developing survival guilt. Yeah. OCD. PTSD, um, you know, one night uh, I get up in the middle of the night and I need to see and hear that Alan's okay. Mm. Even though he's died, yeah. I still need to see he's okay. So like your camcorder there, mm. when you can flip it to the side and watch the old holiday movies yeah, yeah. or recordings, uh, I needed to see and hear him. It was, I don't know, two, three in the morning. Mm. And the camcorder had no charge. Right. And I was pulling everything out of my wardrobes, um, my kitchen drawers, cupboards, looking for the charge because yeah. I had no battery. And I needed, I needed to see and hear Alan and know that he was okay. My yeah. house looked like it had been robbed. <laughs> but that to me was completely <coughs> normal. Yeah. But unbeknown to me, I was um, mentally ill. Yeah. 
Without knowing. Without knowing. And I was convinced that my family were talking about me behind my back saying, she needs help. You know, yeah. And I remember trying to, I was losing, let's say, losing my mind slowly whilst trying to act normal um, and act like I had everything in control. When I didn't, I felt out of control. I had no control anymore. My life had took a complete, you know, a flip within a blip of a second. Yeah. Everything I'd ever known since the age of 15 was when I met Alan to the age of 30 when I was widowed. Yeah. I'd been taken. Like that. Like that. But I was told by a complete stranger mm. with no... Uh, no, no, um, no familiar, uh, nothing familiar around me. As in, I, I woke up in a hospital room. Mm. Where am I? Who are you? Who are they? Do you know everything was new? Looking back but, on that, yeah, could anything have made that easy for you in that moment? Because I'm thinking, if you're strapped down to a yeah. spinal cord for a start. I, I know exactly what you're asking me there. And am I taking anything away from the, the nurse that told me that day? Am I saying she did it wrong or she did it right? Absolutely not. I can't imagine doing her job, mm. telling people the news that their partner's been killed. Yeah. I have so much respect you know, for the nurses that have to tell these people, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I I can I don't like hurting people, let alone yeah. telling someone that. Is there a right or a wrong way of telling someone? I don't know. Is yeah. there? You see, I don't. I I've thought about this a few times. Yeah. Um, I don't think there is when it's that much of a traumatic piece of news to receive, yeah. whatever that may be. Yeah. Regardless of what situation you are, whether you're on a spinal board or you're sat in the most comfy chair yeah. in the world, yeah. you're still going to find reasons or you're still going to question everything that's happening right yeah. there and then. What I have found, though, and what you might you might second me on is the after effects of that. Yeah. So when you get some sort of news like that, yeah. it's natural as a human to have all these external things come in and think about. Of course. It's the support and the the actions after mm-hmm. that I think is, is potentially lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a lot of reasons behind that and a lot of uh, there's a lot of questions to be answered I think in certain mm-hmm. scenarios but it's very very difficult like you say and they have got one of the hardest jobs in the world of course. so I don't think at the point of telling somebody there's a right or wrong yeah but I certainly because think it's after, a conversation you never think you you're going to have someone exactly yeah so exactly. what is there a textbook is there <laughs> is there a rule book is there a time and a place that and a position that mm. I should have been in and we should have been in before she told me yeah you can't so I don't think you, so you can't no and I can't blame her I mean mm. I could sit and say well if I was sitting in this nice comfy chair as I mm. am today mm. in this lovely room with this lovely furry cushion yeah and she told me now would I have took that news any different no exactly no yeah it was the disbelief yes not how she told me it was the it was a lot of things put into the pot all at once. Yeah. It wasn't how she told me all the words that she said. It was a lot of things thrown into the pot that um, affected me the way that they have. Yeah. If I saw that nurse today, what would I do? I'd cuddle her and I'd say, 
you do an amazing job and I don't know how you do it. Yeah. Because how does she do that? Imagine going home to, to your own family knowing that you've told somebody else that their life's changed. Yeah. That's got to affect her. You've got to carry that out. Of course you are. Of course yeah, of course you are. But I think the worst bit... Um, well, I'll tell you this bit first, actually. Yeah. Uh, so while I was being told the news in hospital that Alan had been killed in a car accident that I didn't know if I'd remembered or I was visualising or, or, or whatever, Alan, Alan's parents, sorry, had received a knock at the door by the liaison officers. Alan yeah. was the youngest of four. Oh, right, okay. So Alan was the youngest of four. Now, Alan was a working ticket when he was younger. He would forever get, oh, what were they called? Uh, when you were driving around and you would get stopped by the police and they would give you a something, what was that uh, called? And you'd have to go to the police station and prove with your licence and so on. It was years ago. Oh, producer. Oh, right. Producer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if they still do it, but he was forever getting producers because he had all these top-of-the-range cars and the police were forever yeah. pulling him. yeah. And he'd get sick of it and he would constantly have the police at his door for one thing or another. No, he was not a bad guy. He was not a bad guy at all. He was just growing up, being a typical lad. Mm. And uh, the police knocked on the door and fair to say that his parents probably thought that the police were knocking at their door uh, to, to say Alan had been, you know, caught up in this scenario or that scenario or... Yeah. And it wasn't. It was to actually tell them, you know, the news that their son had been killed in the car accident. How they took that news, because mm. they're older parents. His dad's no longer here. His mum's still here. Um, but how they took that news of that knock on the door, I can never... turns my tummy even now to say it because... My kids are my absolute world. I'm yeah. a mum of five and a nana to four, and they are my absolute drive. Yeah. My kids, honest to God, are the love of my life. Like, no one could possibly ever love my children as much as me. Like, yeah. I, I am so lucky hmm. that I honestly do not understand how they must have felt, yes, I'd lost my husband, but they lost the child, yeah. their youngest child. Yeah, he was a grown man. But imagine receiving that knock at the door. Yeah. I hope that's a knock at the door I never receive. Yeah. I really do. A mother should never lose a child. I know, I totally yeah. agree. But they were told of the news and then asked to make their way to school, which remembers nine mile away right. from where we live. So they yeah. had to travel nine mile to collect Sophie, John and Jack yeah. from school to then bring them to hospital where they could be told the news that their father had been killed. Oh so God. Alan's parents never, they did a lot of babysitting for me. I've got a lot to be grateful for, yeah. don't get me wrong, but they never picked them up from school. That right. was not the done thing. Yeah. So they were told of the news, then made the nine-mile journey to school yeah. to collect Sophie, John and Jack, to hide the news from Sophie, John and Jack, to bring them to hospital where they could be told the news. So Sophie, John and Jack get in the car. Yeah. 
They have no idea what's happened, let alone what was about to come. Yeah. Grandma, granddad, why are you picking us up from school? Mm. What are you doing, grandma, grandma? Where are we going? Where are we going, grandma, granddad? Mm. This is new to them. It's exciting, if you like. <coughs> yeah, it will they, be, yeah. They have no idea. Yeah. Sophie had not long had a mobile phone. Right. When Sophie got into the car, that her grandma and granddad took her phone from her because they didn't want Sophie being told the news of anybody else as your dad had a car accident because you know how quick things yeah. fly across with children and text messages. And where I lived at that particular time is made up of lots of small little villages. Yeah where everyone kind of knows everyone. So yeah. someone might have recognised our car, you know, or been on, on the A1 at that particular time and text someone else and text them, did it? And then Sophie could have found out because that's how it works where, yeah. where I live. So they removed Sophie's phone from her and <laughs> Sophie started actually arguing, um, <laughs> which is not unusual, <laughs> with her grandma and granda. I want my phone. Why have you took my phone off me, grandma and granda? Oh, yeah. Uh, so you can imagine, well, can you imagine, actually, because that I think of it a lot, can we even imagine what they went through? Like, that's, if I got told that one of my children had been killed in a car accident and then asked to go pick one of my grandbabies up. Yeah. And hide that. I would be broken. I mean, I couldn't even. You can't um, unless you're in that scenario. Yeah. I don't think. Well, it's this impossible. Is, exactly. Do you know what you're right? Actually, because is it pure shock? Are you in survival mode? You Maybe. are literally driving the car, thinking, "What the actual hell yeah. is?" Like I was. Is this real? Is yeah. this happening? It probably was a similar feeling yeah. out of body, and they were just. Yeah. They might have needed answers themselves yeah. as well. You know, like you were disbelief. questioning things. When we get to hospital, is everything going to stop? Yeah. Is it all going to be fake? So you maybe know? that. Have you... Yeah. Or did you ever speak to them about that after? Um, To be fair, no, I didn't. But now... As a mum of five, older, I'm 16 years older than yeah. what I was at the time. I am more mature and I do look at that not so selfishly, maybe not so shallow, yeah. as in I didn't think immediately at that time how they felt. Yeah. If I'm honest. Yeah. Which is a huge regret of mine. Because I was so consumed by and being there for Sophie, John and Jack. Yeah. That everybody else in my life meant not nothing, because that's not true. They didn't mean, or their feelings, mm. should I say, didn't mean as much to me as a 16-year-old, older Kelly. Yeah. I, as I sit here today. Yes. So have I ever had that conversation? No. Did things go west with us eventually? Yes. Mm. Do we have a relationship today? No. Mm -hmm. I still love and care for Alan's mum all these years later. A hundred percent. Yeah. Of course I do. I think of them every now and again. You know, it's not an everyday thought now. Yeah. But a hundred percent I think about them. And the choices that I made back then, would they be the choices that I would make today? Or would I deal with certain situations today how I did back then? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But these are uh, 
life curving balls, I guess. They are. And they um, create who we are as a human being today, I believe. Also. Only if we learn from them. Yeah, 100%. Mistakes are only mistakes if we yeah. don't learn from them. Yeah, and have I read that somewhere in here today? Uh, I'm right? sure so I'm it'll sure be somewhere. I, I'm sure <laughs> that's a plaque on the wall somewhere I've actually read, or maybe it's on the table. It'll be somewhere. But yeah, that is absolutely true. Um but yeah, they, uh, so getting back to the story, yes. they uh, collect Sophie, John and Jack and they uh, arrive at my hospital uh, bedside and it's, it's very hard because they come into my room and they're asking me repeatedly the same questions and bear in mind, they're absolutely hysterical. They've walked in. I'm covered head to toe in blood. My skull was still on show. I'm still on the spinal board. I have the neck brace on. My face is absolutely smashed in. I can't see left or right. I'm like black and blue, swollen, mm. covered in blood. And they're asking me the same questions all at once. Are you okay, mum? What's happened? Where's dad? Screaming, crying, they're screaming, I'm screaming. And I can hear the nurse saying, come on, Kelly, they need to hear it from you. I can still, it's like she's standing next to me. I can still, wow. such a soft tone as well. Really? Such a soft tone, yeah. I mean, I can't remember impact. Mm. I'm not going to believe this is happening. I can't remember it. I'm just being told mm. this is what's happened. And you want me to share that news with my children. I couldn't do it. That you don't even believe. What words could I have pulled together to tell my children their father had been killed? Uh, there are no words. That is another, that is a conversation mm. I never, ever, ever thought I would have with my children. Yeah. I, I can't tell my children. Well, I can't tell, I don't want to hurt my children ever. Yeah. I don't ever want to make my children cry, let alone break their, their hearts. Yeah. I, don't, I, I can't tell them. They're screaming, I'm screaming. Wow. And then Sophie asked the nurse, please, you know, please, please tell me, where's my dad? Is he okay? And the nurse uh, replied, so... Uh, softly, so softly, uh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. M hearing my children's screams that day and their cries is a sound that will haunt me. Sorry. It's okay. It's a sound that will haunt me forever. The lorry driver went to prison. Mm. He lost his job and his driving license and so on. He went to prison. But I honestly believe he should have been there that day, that particular time, to hear the cries of Sophie, John and Jack. Because that's punishment. Yeah. And when my children needed a cuddle the most from me, I couldn't even cuddle them. I couldn't move. Yeah. When my children most needed a cuddle, I couldn't even cuddle them back. That kills me. That absolutely kills me. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. I then, uh, they all reacted differently. Every single one of them reacted differently. Uh, How old were they at this point? So Sophie was 13. John was 12. And Jack was nine. Right. They all reacted differently. Uh, Sophie didn't leave my side. John punched the door and left and everyone was trying to find John and Jack fell to the floor. Uh, hysterical. But Jack was Alan's shadow. They were as thick as thieves. Oh, okay. Absolute thick as thieves. And Jack is the absolute double of his dad today. And I, I get a lot back from that. I was going to ask if... if I get a, a lot back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of uh, warmth. Yeah. I get yeah. A, a lot of warmth. You feel his presence, maybe. I, I love it. Yeah. I, I wake up and if, uh, you know, uh, Jack's living back at home. Uh, a long story, which I'll get to, but okay. Jack's living back at home at the minute. Uh, and I love it. I don't ever want him to move out. <laughs> yeah, ever. I don't ever want Jack to leave me. I just said it to him either yesterday or the day before, actually. Don't ever leave home, Jack. Yeah. Don't ever leave me. Uh, I get a lot back from having Jack at home. Uh, but yeah, my mum uh, had to move in with me because I couldn't wash my own hair. Couldn't go oh, to yeah. the toilet, couldn't wipe my own backside. Wow. I started comfort eating, yeah. I was drinking, I was smoking, I was losing control while I was telling the outside world I was coping, but in actual fact I wasn't. My friends and family begged me to go for help. Mm. I go to the doctors, I get prescribed medication. I am not the best version of myself. Uh I think everybody else has the problem. Yeah. I don't understand that I'm the problem. Um, I'm angry. Mm. Um, I'm hearing and watching people get on with their lives now, going back to work. Yeah. Loving their partners, doing mm. family days out. I was angry. I was getting angrier and angrier. Oh, yeah. uh, and how long did this go on for? Um uh, I think I was in the darkest of dark, darkest of darkest, maybe darkest of dark place yeah. for four years. Uh, wow. And there was times I didn't want to be here. But yeah. I'm a strong character. Yeah. I'm very much for other people. I'm very much for someone could say, how are you, Kelly? I'll say, yes, I'm great. How are you? Yeah. I don't ever wallow in my own self-pity or... Talk, I know obviously we're here doing the podcast today, but if we weren't, trust me, I would know where you live and your postcodes <laughs> and what you had for breakfast and everything. Yeah. I just love talking, but yeah. I don't wallow in my own self-pity and stuff. Um, but I think for four years I was in a really dark place. I thought about yeah. taking my own life. I lost my husband. Uh, I lost the best friend at the same time. Yeah. Um, who... Uh, let's. She set up a salon mm. behind my back. She worked for me at this particular time. 
and she set up a salon um, behind my back. Everyone knew but me, if you like. Well, not everyone knew, but my mum uh, was the one who told me. Yeah. And I even said to my mum when she rang me, I said, no, that's lie. She won't do that. She, I mean, she was my soul sister. She was my yeah. my one and only lifetime best friend. Right. And... Uh, it broke me. I was just breaking, you know, from every angle. Mm. I had nerve damage. I couldn't even remotely physically uh, look after my children. I was wow. emotionally breaking. I was physically broken. Um, I was in a wheelchair for a couple of months. Uh, it was horrible. It was a horrible yeah. time to go through. Um, so what... what? <sighs> Uh, it's probably a hard question, but what were your instincts and what kept you going at that point? My children. Yeah. My children. Uh, my children kept me going. When I was weak, they were strong. Vice versa. versa. Yeah. I, this is a little bit crazy, but, it, but it's normal life. I remember sitting on my uh, sofa having a conversation with my dad. Oh, yeah. And uh, I give Sophie some... Uh, money to go to the Tesco's which was just over the road from where we live for some toiletries yeah some ladies toiletries and uh, we lived in a townhouse like I mentioned earlier so my living room was on the middle floor yeah and I heard Sophie coming back and I heard the door slam from under my feet mm. obviously because she's coming downstairs the back door and I, it literally slammed so hard yeah. and she shouted mum and I got up off my chair and I went to the door, to the living room door. And she's running up the stairs to the living room. Mm. And I'm coming to the landing. And she said, I bought two. It was two for a fiver. Something just so normal. Yeah. And, and she's very hyper, Sophie. She's yeah. very, you know, to the extreme of everything. Mm. And I bent over and I remember putting my hands on my knees and my whole body was shaking. My legs, my hands, my lips, my everything really? shaking, yeah. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> Top even shaking a bit. Really? I was literally in fear of something happening. Yeah. Death, killing one of my children mm. or and my mind was racing, you know, did someone try to take her away? Has she nearly been uh, run over? My yeah. mind was like yeah, overdrive. And I thought and this was one of many thoughts, yeah. you know, getting up in the middle of the night, looking through the video camera, yeah. setting my alarm for five in the morning. My washing had to be straight on the washing line. I was doing numerous different things that were telling me I wasn't okay. Yeah. But to me, it was completely okay. Mm. But my friends and family were telling me different, yeah. which is when I thought they were all talking behind me. I was becoming paranoid. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, so anyways, I, I decide to go on and seek further help. And I go mm. to the doctors and I get prescribed medication. And uh, I'm on a really high dose yeah. of antidepressants. Right. Um, which also make me not the best version of myself, yeah. if I'm honest. Um, then the doctor tells me he thinks I could benefit from going on to see in a psychologist. Okay. Uh, I was riddled with guilt. Yeah. Survival guilt. There was things in my marriage that I wish had been done or said differently. Yeah. There was a, a lot of things I couldn't change mm -hmm. anymore. So I go on to see a psychologist. And uh, it was one o'clock every Friday. 
And I remember this one time he got his hands on the photographs of the accident so that we could sit down and go through them together. Yeah. Where I could become more accepting of the news that Alan had been killed in a car accident that yeah. I wasn't sure if I remembered or not because I didn't visually mm. remember impact or see it. I was yeah. in complete uh, denial. Yeah. Anyway, this one particular Friday, I absolutely begged him to let me take these photographs home mm. uh, so that I could go through them in my own time and I could become more accepting of the news that Alan had been killed in a car accident yeah. that I had so many questions about. Yeah. Uh, so he agreed to let me take these photographs home. Anyway, I get in the car. This was two o'clock. Mm. Um, my meeting was for an hour. It was half an hour away from where I lived. Mm-hmm. So I would have got home at half past two. Right. So I get on the road, put the photos on the passenger seat, and I absolutely floor it home. Yeah. I pedal flat to the floor. Everyone on this road this particular day is in my way. I'm against the clock. Mm-hmm. I've got somewhere to be. Yeah. I've got something to look at. I don't give a damn who's on the road. Uh, and a blue light went on behind me. Oh, no way. And I get in the police car and he asked me my name and so on. And I told him my name and he looked a little bit confused and he said, are you the lady from Moose and Ben's, which is where the accident had actually taken place? Oh, really? And I was thinking, just answer all these questions, Kelly, and get out of the car and still race home. Yeah. You'll drive off, you can still speed, get home and all the rest of it. Yeah. So I absolutely answered his questions, yes, 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 yes. I felt a little bit of shame just didn't a little bit of shame that he said, are you the lady from Moose and Ben's? Because I still was thinking about these photographs. Yeah. So I wanted to get home and look at these photographs in the background to see if I was still alive. Uh, I was still looking for signs that they had this wrong, that right. everyone around me was wrong. And he looked at me and he said, aren't you a mum? And at that moment, I think, I don't think, at that moment... I, all of a sudden, I think I grew up quite a bit, if I'm honest. Yeah. I felt embarrassed. Right. Uh, You know, I could have left my kids orphaned. Yeah. I could have killed myself on the road that day. Mm. My children, my absolute world, my life. I could have killed someone else's child, someone else's dad. And I'm not justifying the lorry driver's behaviour when I say this, but I acted in exactly the same way under pressure. Yeah. I had somewhere to be. I was against the clock. Mm-hmm. The drive in front of me wasn't moving quick enough. I had Sophie, John and Jack. I would have got home at half past two. Yeah. I had Sophie, John and Jack to pick up at three o'clock from school. Yeah. So I had a spare 30 minutes to look at the photographs for Alan in the background that it was somebody else and this wasn't happening. There's always a reason, isn't there? Yeah. I could justify my own crazy thoughts. Yeah. And this is why when I present i can't stress to people enough for me it involves being on the road but for you it might be behind your desk yeah someone else it might be in the warehouse mm-hmm. it might be in the office whatever it is how you think impacts how you feel which mm-hmm. then impacts your actions yeah in anything and everything you do mm-hmm. moving forward anything yeah. so everything starts with a thought it does you have to recognize your thought because ultimately that's going to lead on to your actions it does yeah. um because a slightly different thought could could send you down a yeah it, that that might be the catalyst for the next ten events that yeah. knock on effect. Of course, like you have to recognise your thoughts. Yeah. Can so, I ask you a question just on yeah. here then? Um, I, I hope I hope this isn't as, as difficult as what I'm imagining it might be, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead here either. Yeah. But because you've made a bit of a connection with everything's happened, yeah. you're on the way home to look at these pictures, and you're 
acting potentially in a way that the lorry driver did. Of course. That then had a massive knock-on effect yeah. for all your life. Knowing that now and how easy it was to act the way that he did. Yeah. Is there any, do you look at him with any form of forgiveness at all? I do. I absolutely do. I absolutely do. And for everyone that loved Alan, mm -hmm. it would be very easy and probably the right thing for me to sit here and say, I hate the man. He took the father of my children. He yeah. took my husband. Of course I feel that. Of course I do. But he is human. Yeah. I'm human. I'm going to sit here and put it to you now that you've also sped at some point in your life and you are going to continue to speed in your life at some point and, and make a silly manoeuvre and think, oh, was that avoidable? Should I have done that? Mm -hmm. we, are, we are all human and we all have heads and hearts. Yeah. I'm not justifying his behaviour yeah. at all, but I acted in exactly the same way under pressure. Yeah. Does that make me a bad person? I not like to think I'm not a bad person. I will pull you out of the trench before I put someone in it. Yeah. I acted in exactly the same way under pressure. Yeah. This is why I stress to people it's so important to not just run with your thoughts. Question them. Yeah. Because that ultimately is going to be the game changer, the end result. Yeah. How you dealt with your thought at that moment. The, the, the input is the output. It certainly is. Does that it, make sense? It certainly does make sense, yeah. So that, that's what I try to say to people. For me, it, like I've said, it involves, uh, you know, an RTA. Yeah. But it might be a, a different scenario for somebody else. But if I can help people recognise, you know, thoughts, mm. feelings, actions, then this is what, what I do as a job and I will do it every yeah. day for the rest of my life in the hope that I can help other people recognise. Exactly. So on that bit, me acting in exactly the same way, getting pulled by the police, feeling yeah. embarrassed, him saying, aren't you a mum? I was so embarrassed. I was horrified. I thought, you think I'm not... Because to me, at that time in my life, to be fair, I'm, I'm still the same. Being a good mum is everything. Yeah. The worst thing anyone could ever say to me is, you are a bad mum. Mm -hmm. I've never been told I'm a bad mum. Yeah. I literally blow smoke up my own ass on the fact <laughs> of being a good mum. I really do. Yeah. I've been a mum, a young mum. I've supported my children. I've yeah. always been there. I've been the last one standing when everything else has gone wrong for them. Yeah. And I will forever be that. But the 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 the, the main game changer in this particular part of my journey is. I went back to see my psychologist the following week and he knew everything about me, good and bad. Right. Everything. And all the way there, I was, when I was driving, I was thinking, don't tell him because mm. he's never judged you yet, but he'll judge you on being a bad mum. Don't, yeah. don't tell him, Kelly. And I planned on not telling him because I didn't want to feel like a bad mum. Mm -hmm. More so to do Alan proud of his or our three children yeah it's a huge thing for me to make sure they're always healthy and happy and safe and all the rest of it i anyway i walk in his office and i couldn't get it out quick enough so really first thing i blurted out i was like hi <laughs> yeah I got, I, got, I got caught speeding last week of, you know uh, blah 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 and i'm telling him or you know exactly what i just told you what yeah. happened i put the photos i floor at home i had sober john jack to pick up i had to spare 30 minutes all the rest of it. And honestly, I was talking so quick, trying to justify my yeah. actions, yeah. really. 
a bit like the lorry driver would have done in court. Yeah. Yeah, but this, that, I'm not saying it's right, but these were my reasons. Mm -hmm. So I was telling him and he had no expression on his face, none. Uh, He didn't look mad, didn't look sad, didn't look disappointed, nothing. He just sat down and let me waffle and tell him everything that happened. And when I finished, there was a moment of silence. Uh, and he said to me, Kelly. And the, the way he said my name grabbed my attention also. Yeah. It's weird. He had some form of power over me. Right. He said, them children need you. And you need them. Changed my life. From that moment, wow. I started to grow, let's say, uh, my survival guilt, PTSD, OCD, everything. Uh-huh. Kind of, uh, you know, the brakes got put on for a bit. Right. And I started to feel not so much pressure. Okay. Uh, and I started to actually turn my life around uh, for the better <clears throat> at that particular time. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, me, Sophie, John and Jack, we got ourselves through it. Mm -hmm. Is there things that I regret? Yeah, of course there is. Is there things that I'd uh, taught them, showed them, um, you know, differently? Yeah, of course. But I think that's Mm -hmm. not just because we have the path that we have. I think that's every parent wishes you know, maybe they sat down, I don't know, and done homework more <laughs> yeah. than they actually, I, I don't know, whatever it may be, we have parent guilt. Yeah. For me, it was super magnified because I didn't want Alan to ever think that I was doing a bad job. Yeah. So I kind of let my children get away with a lot uh-huh. because I didn't ever want to make them upset. Yeah. I didn't ever want to see them cry again. Yeah. I showered them. Still today, you can ask them all. Still today, now as adults, I say, you're handsome, you're beautiful, yeah. you're amazing. I shower them with emotional love. Yeah. I've showered them with financial presence when they were younger because all I wanted to do was make them happy mm-hmm. and never see them sad again. Yeah. Do I regret that? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course, I wish I'd done things differently. But in the big scheme of things, is it anything that made them a good or a bad person? No. Yeah. Because in life... I have this uh, motto, let's say, that uh, there are only two kinds of people in the world. There are good and bad. Mm-hmm. Choose your side. Yeah. I don't care, you know, uh, where you're from, uh, your accent, your colour, your gender. Mm-hmm. It's good and bad. Yeah. And I teach my children that. And I'm very proud of the polite, kind, loving children that I have today. Mm-hmm. However, John... So Sophie, our old, my mine and Alan's oldest child, yeah, she's a born survivor. That girl, absolutely born survivor. She <laughs> she owns her own makeup brand, oh, nice. which is named after Bonnie and Dolly. She's TikTok famous. She's is a she? mum of two. She's wow. absolutely smashing life. So what's the what's the business, Bonnie and Dolly? So it's called Bonnie Dolly Cosmetics. Right. Okay. TikTok everybody. famous. <laughs> yeah. There we go. A little bit of uh, free advertising. Bit of there. plug in there. Yeah. yeah. She is a born survivor. She. Uh, had every reason to go off the rails, being the oldest child. Yeah. And she took on the mother role. Uh, she, okay. I, t- it's like mine and Sophie's roles reversed. She became the mum and I become the child. And she still, 
I think, holds that role where she'll forget I'm the mum <laughs> yeah. and I have my own mind. My yeah. own, you know, she still tries to say, that's not okay. <laughs> that's not acceptable. Don't do that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm your mum. You know? yeah. <clears throat> um, but yes, yeah, Sophie's absolutely great. Never had a, a bother with Sophie at mm-hmm. all. John, uh, John was the middle child. And um, it's fair for me to sit here today and say to you that John suffered more with his mental health Mm. than any of us. And I quite believe it's because a lot of my friends and family uh, would come round to the house and say to John, uh, oh, you're the man of the house now, John. You've got to look after your Uh, mum. Right, yeah. And John didn't know if he was the man or the boy. He felt like he, I believe, he felt like he had big boots to fill. Yeah. Which and is never difficult. felt quite good enough. Yeah. He wasn't his dad. He wasn't man enough That's to fill them boots. But innocently, everyone was trying to give him that support. Yeah. But John took it as if he didn't know what his role was. He mm. was kind of lost. Mm. And John turned to drugs, mm. drink. He was off the rails completely. Right. Completely debt. Right. Completely, John tried to take his own life. John shouldn't be here today. Wow. Um, But I am so proud to sit here today, like, and say, John has a full-time job. Yeah. He's out in Belfast and Glasgow working away full-time. Oh, nice. Hard worker. What does he do? works on the railways. Oh, does he? He's a dad himself. He's completely clean. Got a beautiful home. Amazing. Uh, Proper family man. Christmas just gone. Uh, you know, he's in the house uh, playing Santy, you know, yeah. uh, clean, doesn't oh, even drink in the house, nothing, doesn't take drugs, gets drug tested for work. Um, his dad would be absolutely bouncing John off yeah. the walls. Do you know what I mean? He's so proud, so, yeah. so proud. Uh, especially from, because John's had to dig deep mm. uh, to get himself out of this hole and he's done it. Um, Jack was the youngest of three. Uh, Jack is naturally a born survivor. You could chuck him in the middle of the rainforest and he'd come out, you know, with bells on. He is a born (laughs) survivor, that kid. Uh, He has ADHD. Yeah. Um, Are you ADHD too? Yeah. Yeah. I believe it's a talent. So do I. Yeah, such a talent. You think outside the box. It's a a superpower. Yeah. Yeah, It really is. I don't don't do medication for it like that. Yeah. But purely because it is is a superpower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm drawn to people, you know, with ADHD. Oh, really? We could go off here on Mm. a different tangent. I'm telling you now, I could tell you so many stories where I've uh, befriended people and then I'm ADHD. I'm like, not you as well. I am literally drawn to people with ADHD. Oh, my God. How weird is that? Yeah. Um, But he's brilliant. His energy is insane. Uh, (laughs) It's absolutely insane. But he went on to join the Navy. Oh, amazing. uh, Travel the world. At sea again. Yeah, at sea. Yeah. He uh, is a dad himself now. Uh, my only granddaughter. All right. So I have good. three grandsons, one granddaughter. Uh, the, my granddaughter is Jax. Yeah. Um, and uh, it cuts me deep to hear Jack today say, I can't remember the sound of uh, my dad's voice, mum. Hmm. And uh, funny enough, only last night we were sitting on the sofa and we were all chatting and I did an impression of his dad and he actually bolted forwards on the sofa and he said, say that again. 
And I said it again. He said, I've never felt that before. He said, I've got goosebumps. He said, I can hear my dad. No way. He said, I can hear you sound like dad saying that, mum. Say it again. So we were laughing. And I said, now I can't say it like I did because I'm concentrating so much on saying it like him. I'm starting to sound like I'm from Yorkshire. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was exactly. totally going wrong. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that, that hurts me because I find that really hard to swallow because of how close they were yeah and i'm like oh how do you forget like because they were so close mm -hmm. so uh that is sophie johnny jack's story i yeah. then go on to meet somebody else okay uh i remarry nice um i have two daughters with oh, this guy nice. so which is this is why i have five children yes four yes grandchildren um, I think a lot of people just naturally think there was nothing on the TV and I'm like no my life is more complicated than just not having anything good to watch <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, yeah so uh, I remarried um, went on to have uh, two more daughters and uh, I own my own salon again Yeah. Um, he had a job we did the family holidays we owned our own car we had money in the bank life was Good, if you like. I was winning again. Yeah. And uh, I developed a severe allergy to one of the main products that I've used in the salon. Uh, and when I'm presenting, I actually show a couple of photos, but yeah. my body was bubbled Whoa, all over. Yeah. My lips, everything. Oh, it's got my hair. What was it? Like a cream or something? Uh, it was a allergy to monomer, which is one of the products that forms a solid ah. liquid and powder into a solid. Yeah, I couldn't, I can't, still can't be around it. No way. And anyways, um, I packed in my job, hmm. and it affected my confidence. This because I went from seeing women every day, yeah, to not seeing women every day. And we were talking about anything and everything. Where's your shoes from? I love your bag. What you make? You know the whole office chat. Yeah. What you making for tea? Where are you going at the weekend? And I mean, it's probably nothing to other people, but it was affecting me mentally mm. and my confidence. And I, for the first time since the accident, felt my PTSD, OCD, survival, so everything coming back. Oh really? And I think it's because I had time on my hands. You know, I had time ah. to think. Okay. Because I wasn't busy all the time. Yeah. And I wasn't doing the whole nothing shoes, bad coat, blah, 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 to just sit and thinking. And I had time to think, you know, to reminisce, if yeah. you like, good and bad. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't always good. And it was taking me down a path where I recognized my thoughts this time. I started yeah. to set my alarm again at five in the morning. Oh, really? Telling the outside world I was coping. Yeah. All uh, started comfort eating. Yeah. COVID then happened a couple of weeks later. Of course. We got yeah. locked down. I then, uh, like everyone else, got the COVID diet, mm. i.e. ended up two stone heavier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I had the news on constantly, absolutely obsessed with COVID I was. Mm. Uh, it's airborne. Mm. Ah, I'm thinking it's going to kill me or my children. I've got five children. What happens if it kills one? I have to be here for the other four. How can I counterbalance that? Today? My mind's just gone. Wow. I won't leave the house. I won't let Sophie, uh, sorry, Bonnie and Dolly in their own garden. Yeah. I refuse Sophie, John and Jack coming around. Wow. I tell them, don't come around. You yeah. might have it on your coat and give it to us. Or honestly, my mind is going crazy again. Every night I'm going to bed telling myself, Kelly, get a grip. You know exactly what's happening here. You're not in control of your thoughts. So you're recognising it. Yeah, I recognise it this time. Yeah. I feel it creeping back in. Yeah. But I have no control still at this point. Mm. 
my tins are all, it was like living with the enemy, the movie living with the enemy. The tins <laughs> yeah. are all straight in the cupboard, they're washing straight on the radiator. I won't even put washing on the washing line in case mm. COVID's on it, on the news, it's airborne. I'm running for my life. Wow. Honestly, I, I started to not be in control of my thoughts. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I talked to myself every night going to bed, control your thoughts, Teddy, you recognize you know what's happening. So, this is when I say to people, for me, it's on the road, but it's in everything and anything you do. Everything starts with a thought. Yes. So bear in mind, I developed an allergy, packed my job in, COVID's come about, everyone's in lockdown. Yet again, I now need to control my thoughts in a different scenario. Yeah. So every night I'm going to bed and I'm saying to myself, do you know what, just tomorrow get up and go for a walk because I'm gaining weight and my confidence is hitting a low. Yeah. Um, I'm drinking, mm-hmm. I don't feel good, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, after, you know, a few weeks of talking to myself every night going to bed, I build up the confidence to go for a walk. Okay. So I leave the house. Can I just actually mention this? Yeah. The shopping's getting delivered every week. Oh. He has the guy. Right, okay. Every week, every fortnight, wherever it was. And he's leaving the shopping on the front doorstep. And I'm looking through the peephole. And I'm waiting for him to leave all my shopping, get back in his van and drive off. Yeah. The minute he drives off, I open my front door. I've got a mask, I've got gloves, I've got uh, domestos, I've got kitchen roll, I've got a wet cloth. I wipe every single square inch of my shopping, convinced that COVID's on there and it's going to come into my home, kill me or my family. I am absolutely obsessed by COVID at this point. Wow. So anyways, weeks pass and I say, go for a walk, Kelly, face it. There's other, you can see people outside the window walking, they're not dying, they're hearing Mm. people leave over there. So I go for a walk. A mile will come back. I feel good. Yeah. It's just a mile, but I feel good. I feel yeah, more yeah. positive. I've gained control. Mm-hmm. And what I've done is I've controlled my thoughts. Yes. It's not just control. I've controlled my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I go for this walk and I feel good. And I do it the next day and the next day and the next day. And I start to feel really good. I'm yeah. still alive. I'm changing my clothes still when I come in the house. Convinced COVID might be on, it might be on it or whatever. Yeah. One step at a time. Though. Yeah, one step at a time. But I then go online every single night. I'm ordering anything and everything that looked like it was gym equipment. Yeah. I transformed my garage into a gym. Amazing. Uh, these boxes are arriving. I've got no idea how to set the equipment up. I'm absolutely <laughs> feeling good. I'm yeah. in control again of yeah. my thoughts, you know. And then I went a little bit more crazy and I decided to do a live squat challenge on Facebook every single night. I asked my friends to join in squatting with me. 100 squats um, every night, uh, five o'clock on Facebook. And we raised, I did it for Great North Air Ambulance. Oh, amazing. Which is the ambulance that saved the helicopter, which saved ah, my life that day. Okay. So we raised just over £1,700. Oh, wow. I'm feeling good. I'm back in control, you see. So this is when I say it's in everything and anything we do. It you is. need to recognise your thoughts. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I, I'm back in control again um, in a different scenario, completely different scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm starting to feel good. But I've never forgot when I feel good and I'm okay, like I'm well, obviously, mm-hmm. at the moment. But I don't know if it's going to creep back in. You yeah. know, I read on the Daily Mail app, uh, you know, COVID is set to sweep the UK again. I deal with that a lot differently now. I'm yeah. like, right, okay, this is uh, doable. I don't need to run scared. Yeah. I can actually cope with this. I don't buy magazines. That's life chat. 
okay, my, I don't buy any of that anymore because yeah. the stories scare me. They set my PTSD yeah. off. Can I watch a horror movie? Yeah, 100%. Can I watch a, a drama? Yeah, yeah, a billion percent. Do I enjoy it? Of course. Can I read sad stories of real life? No. Mm. I float on the surface. Yeah. But that's my sweet spot. That's mm-hmm. where I'm okay. And so that's fine. I, and that's fine because I, that's how I cope. That's how I, yeah. you know, am the best version of myself. I just, you know, popping my head above the surface without being um, scared mm-hmm. is where I am comfortable. I do believe this also, uh, although I got medication. Yeah. Uh, all them years ago, uh I'm not ashamed to say this, actually. I was prescribed 60 milligram of citalopram. I am now on 10 milligram. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm not ashamed or embarrassed no, to, you to be. say that or to admit that because I can honestly put my hand on my heart and tell you today mm. that training in the gym yeah. and recognising my thoughts has helped me come off my medication. I 100% agree. Yeah, Yeah. I promise you, Mm -hmm. I absolutely swear on my life Mm -hmm. that has been the best form of medication for me is training Mm -hmm. and recognising my thoughts. Do you lift weights and stuff as well? I do. I I mean, to be fair, I've had a good Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a few boxes of quality treats and so on. It's fair to say that I am not quite at my feeling best, uh-huh. but uh, I can whip that around in in a month. Yeah, exactly. And I know exactly what I've got to do. What to do? I lift yeah. weights. I love the gym. I have a gym family. Yeah. I walk in the gym, um, and you know, it's strange actually because a lot of the people I've met in the gym who I say in my gym family mm. all have gym uh, all have life stories. Of course. And it's weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I draw people in that have a story or ADHD. Yeah. It, it, I bounce with people with this, and I don't know if it's an underlying uh, something, that a connection that we have, um, but everyone I've got close to in the gym uh, has a story mm. of trauma. Yeah. And we're there every day training. Some people call it uh, therapy. Yeah. Some people call it self-harm. Mm. I'll take both because yeah. it absolutely makes me the best version of myself. You see, I see it a slightly different way, right. just from what you've said. Yeah. And what you do now, and we'll get into like how you've transitioned into yeah. speaking and stuff. I don't think you attract them or mm-hmm. people with stories. I think that they somehow attract you because mm-hmm. they need you Yeah. in their life. Yeah, maybe. Because that's what you do. You, yeah. you make people feel good, feel better. Yeah. So it's not the other way I around. I, I think you, I think they attract you because you? they need you. Yeah, yeah. I have had to say to myself over the years, though, I cannot save the world. No. And people have said to me over the years, you can't fix them, Kelly. Do you know what? I'll die trying. I'll die. Yeah. That's very much my attitude. I'll die. Unless they give up on me, I will absolutely try yeah. to make everyone the best version mm-hmm. of themselves. And also, I've had a lot of hurt in my life mm-hmm. and I never want to see anyone hurt. I don't yeah. want them to ever feel what it's like to hurt. So I'm forever yeah. supporting an underdog yeah, or someone who's going through a heart. It's just my nature. It's yeah. just 
the way I am. Well, you know how it feels, and you're empathetic as well, so you yeah, want to avoid I'm that huge, at all costs. Yeah, I've got a lot of empathy. Yeah, I can yeah, tell. A lot. Tell. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do. I do feel that. I do think yeah. that, that they attract you because they need you some yeah. some way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know, it, it, you might not save the world. I don't think. I think it's impossible to do so. But everybody sharing these stories will you'll have a ripple effect in a positive way. Yeah, I hope so because so. I would never like to yeah. know that I've made any form of negative impact mm. on somebody's life. But everything I do is done with. Uh, a good heart. If you do it with that way and authenticity, which you do, you yeah. can tell the the authenticity. Then, yeah. hands down, there's, there's no there's I've no done, negativity. Yeah, that I've regret. Don't get me wrong. Would I change things? Like I said earlier, yeah. a billion percent. Um, you know who you are when you're in your twenties, thirties isn't who you are when you're in your forties and and so on. Oh, you know, we grow and we are. change. Yeah. They are, they are, but I'm all for, um, you know, be kind, be the good you, there's yeah. good and bad, that's it. There is. That's it. There that's is. It. Yeah. I'll give you a very quick yeah. anecdote on that then. Um, two brothers, twins. Yeah. One's an alcoholic and one isn't. Yeah. And when they ask the reason, the same reason is because dad was al- alcoholic. Yeah. You've got yeah, a choice. See, of course. So it's the same reason. Yeah. Of course. But they choose different paths. Yeah. And I, I have not friends like this. Yeah. 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 100%. That, yeah. That's such a, a good way to explain it. Yeah. I have a lot of friends um, that come, you know, from good homes and, um, you know, one of them, this is completely made up, by the way, but because okay. I can't think off the top of my head, but one's in prison and one has a, a lovely five-bay house. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of extremes I'm talking about. Exactly. what I'm yeah. trying to say. So yes, it is choices because it is. it's recognizing how you're thinking, feeling, acting, and I can't stress it enough. Yeah, it always comes back to that thought. Yeah. It always comes back to that yeah. thought. Um, and if that if that piece alone, yeah, from all your talks that you ever do, if that just saves one life, yeah, then it's worth it, isn't it? Yeah, this from is what it. You ever do? I mean, I stand there and present, and I, I look at the room and I say to them at the end of my presentation. Would any of you today have guessed my life story? If I hadn't come in here and told you all, and I just said, hi, shut, fire at me, you know, tell me what's my life story. Would yeah. any of you have guessed my story? Obviously, people are, no, 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 no. So a lot of people in these organisations come together in a, a joint place, uh, j- just say in the Midlands, some are from Scotland, some are you know, London and the West and the East and all the rest of it, they've been fetched together. Yeah. And they don't know the person sitting next to them personally yes. in these presentations. Mm-hmm. Like this stand-down day or whatever it may be. Yeah. And I say to them, I always like to explain it, like it's a rucksack on your back and it's filled with life. Yes. It's filled, there's lots of life, there's a bit of life, there's yeah. a positive, there's a negative. You know, it's just full of good and bad life. Yeah. You don't know what that person is carrying to work with them already. The stresses and strains of home life Mm -hmm. or the guilt that they might hold for something or the grief that they've gone through because of something. Like, don't just recognise, you know, how you are as a person. Be aware of, like, other people. Have empathy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a big, heavy old bag 
the older we get, the more stories we <laughs> yeah. have to tell. Yeah. And as the saying goes, you know, always be kind. Always be kind. But the thing is, you don't know what people are going through by how they look yeah. or how they come across. No one ever guesses my story. I'm yeah. yet to have someone saying, oh, well, I would have guessed. Yeah. You don't. Because I don't meet people and say, hi, my name's Kelly. I was widowed when I was 30. Yeah. I say, hi, lovely to meet you. Yeah. That, and then we go from there. I don't ever say, I don't even ever say I'm a mum of five. Mm. I don't ever say I was widowed. I don't ever say I've been married twice. I literally say, hey, nice to meet you. My name's Kelly. Mm. And then I'm guaranteed to say, I love your shoes. I love your bag. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the normal yeah. girly things. Well, I was just, I was just going to say something on that because I've got a little bit of a thing that I do. It's one of my New Year's resolutions right. this year. I, I do it now and again. But yeah. When I consciously think about it, it it makes me feel good and others. Right. If I go into work, for example, I'll tell somebody different every day uh-huh. a compliment about yeah. themselves. So I'll notice people say, I always think about like noticing people's hair or like a change of colour, yeah, something. Or if somebody's dressed a bit extra sharp today yeah. or whatever, I'll just tell them. Yeah. Because that could be the worst day of their life. They yeah. might be dressing sharp because yeah. they've woke up shit and I thought, yeah. I need to feel a bit better. Of course. So I make, I make an effort yeah. to do that. And I, th- I think you do that just naturally. Just do you want to know something? Go on. There's a, uh, so I had a gym partner for a while, a friend of mine's come to the gym, uh, I don't know, say seven months, whatever. And she didn't drive. Mm. And she lived a few miles away from um, the gym. So I would pick her up every single morning in my car. <clears throat> and there was a guy put outside most mornings, weather mm. dependent, in yeah. his wheelchair. He would have a plastic sheeting over his legs. He would sit there on his own. Outside, I think a carer must, yeah. have, must have put him there. Uh, and every single morning, I tooted the horn. Yeah. Do you know, he? I could see on his face, he was waiting for me. He would look so happy <laughs> that morning. Because do you know what? I don't know his story. Yeah. His, I don't know his story at all, mm. but I can guess a hundred things. Is he old? Does he have learning disabilities? Mm. Is he this? Is he that? I don't know. And I'm not going to make a judgment. I just know that there's someone there every single morning I pass. I'm going to toot my horn and wave because you might be the only, or I might be the only person that you have some form of... Uh, connection with that day yeah. you might have wheeled yourself outside i, don't, done, know. Yeah. I yeah. don't know an old person walking their dog mm. i won't just walk past them i mean the further south you go the more unlikely this is <laughs> sorry to all yeah. the southerners however yeah. the more north you go the yeah. friendlier it is yeah if you say good morning to a complete stranger up north you're walking your dog they're walking theirs and you say good morning they're 99.9, if not 100%, going to say good morning back. Guarantees. I will not walk past an old person without saying it because I don't know if I am the only person that they get to talk to that day. Yeah. I am a sucker for children, for old people, for an underdog. I, for for uh, someone who steps outside the box, My one of my friends um, who is also ADHD mm. will walk into a cafe and she would, uh, you know, floss, where you floss with your knees yeah, and hands, or she yeah. would do the moonwalk <laughs> because she would feel very uncomfortable walking into an environment where it's very silent, people are sitting drinking coffee. Yeah. And because she gets these rushes, mm-hmm. she will do a quick floss or a moonwalk or something. And you, I see people looking at her, you know, with sort of like a frown, as if saying, what is she doing? 
I love it. Yeah. <laughs> She's happy. She's not harming no one. And I think to be that, be you, yeah, be exactly. authentic, be yeah. that because you're kind, you're a good person. Exactly. So I am always likely to stick up for the weirdest person in the room, <laughs> let's say, yeah. than uh, someone who has some form of, uh, I don't know, uh, respect, status, whatever it may be. Arrogance. Yeah, arrogance, let's say that. I will always <laughs> stick up for, I hate to use that word because they're, they're not weird, but an eccentric mean. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will always stick up and beef up that person who is doing something they shouldn't mm-hmm. yeah. while still being a good person. Yeah, and most people won't. No, they don't. Uh, they do I don't. See, won't. I'm very, I find it very hard. You know, at school, mm. when I was at school, if everybody hated one person yeah, and everyone else was a wolf pack, a follower, mm-hmm. And you just didn't like this particular girl because everybody else didn't like this particular girl. Yeah, no not reason. me. Yeah, not me. I will. I am not a bandwagon jumper. Mm-hmm. And I've taught all my kids. I'm going to tell you a story. Don't let me forget about Bonnie. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story. All my children will. Um, oh, sorry. All my children have it in them to talk to the person. With the red hat, the orange top, mm. you know, the 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 beard, the skirt, the, whatever it is, you're dressed completely crazy. Not like the average person. They will make you feel as warm and welcome mm-hmm. as everybody else. Good. And I've drummed that into my children. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Bonnie went to school uh, in her middle school and there was an autistic boy who went to school with her and... Uh, he wrote her a Christmas card and got her a little present two years oh. for pounds and wrote in the Christmas card, um, thank you for always being nice to me, Bonnie. Oh. Broke my heart, I did. Wow. Broke my heart. I knew I'd done a good job then. Yeah. Oh, and Bonnie's check. getting a card. Uh, yeah. I could take Bonnie to have tea, mm-hmm. let's say, with the king now. Yeah. She's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. She's got heart gold. She knows right and wrong. Got good morals, all the rest of it. But when to see that written... <laughs> yeah. Of a boy who has a hard time at school, you know, mm-hmm. and he's recognised that Bonnie's like chokes me up. That Bonnie's always nice to him. I know I'm doing a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And he'll never remember what she says to him. Yeah. Or anything like that. I've got, again, I've got so many say. I'm, I'm a sucker for a saying, as you can probably tell. Yeah. Because um, it's empowering. Nobody remembers what you say to them. It's just how you make them feel. Yeah, it's true. You know, it is true. So yeah. true. Um, it is true. And that's that's what I. Yeah. I try and do myself, just try and make somebody feel yeah. some form of a little bit of joy, whatever it may yeah. look like, and then yeah. you might have changed their day. You know, uh, even coming in here this morning, yeah. I told you, I instantly felt welcome. I felt yeah. so much warmth. Mm, that's good. Honest to God, I told you this before you did. our podcast started. I felt so much warmth and so welcome and so real mm. that even sitting here... I feel uh, completely safe and um, accepted. Oh, that's good. And enough being Kelly. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's a good good feel. When you're making people feel like this, Mm -hmm. that is, you're winning. Yeah, that's, that is, that is what we've, we've tried to do. And I think, yeah, the way you do anything is where you do everything. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like it started with us making a bit of a comfortable room. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, cosy. It's it lovely. Is. It's yeah. lovely. We just need that heater back yeah. on. Baltic. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's lovely. Yeah. I mean, you've really got the great, you know, setup and everything. Yeah. Um, 
to to be fair, you, I've kind of forgot while we've been talking. <laughs> you know, we've just been yeah. sort of away with the story, but it's great. Like yeah. everything about it is brilliant. That's good. Yeah. Oh, well, that that's that means a lot. It really does. So yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, we've not really touched on obviously your your, your speaking side of it too much, but yeah. how did that transition then? How did you okay. end up getting in touch with? Uh, so what actually happened was, so uh, although I had lots of small little jobs, yeah. my actual career, uh, if you will, was beauty therapy. Mm. It was all I knew and I did it for 16 years. Developed the allergy, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, and I was lost. Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't you lose your identity. Was. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I absolutely did. I'm a girl's girl. Uh, yeah. And I love <laughs> talking. <laughs> so... I loved, uh, you know, the art side of creating something beautiful. Mm. You know, um, I was HD brow trained. Um, I would do the acrylic nails. Everything was making pretty. Yeah. And I loved that side of things because yeah. that was me. To the point where sometimes you would think, oh, God, yeah, I'm charging this person. Because yeah. you would actually sit and make something pretty, have a really good chat and say bye and be like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> yeah. so... I love that. So, yes, it took away uh, my identity. And then uh, my husband, to be fair, was the one who absolutely pushed me and encouraged me to tell my story. Mm. Now, I never believed that I could do that and he always said, but you're great with people, Kelly. You're, you you know, you don't see what you're like. Yeah. It's your story. There's no right or wrong to it. No one's going to tell you off. There, there's no right or wrong. It's literally you being you mm-hmm. and telling your story. And to be fair, it took him, what, two years, three, two and a half, three years of telling me, planting the seed right. for me actually feeling good enough yeah. Or important enough mm-hmm. to help change possibly someone else's way of life. Yeah. You know, in planting the seed in them. You're that, good enough. That's a hard thing know. to take on. Yeah. You know, well, I, I didn't decision. feel good enough as a person. I, I was happy just bobbing along under the radar, popping up every now and yeah, again. Yeah. I, I was, you know, happy with that. Mm. Anyway, uh, I agreed. I sat uh, down on the beach one day with pen and paper. Nice. And sat and stared at this piece of paper with my pen, with nothing to lean on. Bear in mind, it was all done on my knee. I was completely unprepared. (laughs) And I didn't know how to start it. Did I start it with hi? Because who was I actually writing it to? Yeah. Did I start it with I? I really would... I swear, the first sentence, the first paragraph was the hardest bit. How do yeah. I begin this? Do I start it with my name is? Or uh, do I start it with hello, everyone? You know, I, I, had, I was completely dumb to it all, yeah. if you like. Anyway, uh, the introduction, if you like, the first paragraph was the hardest bit. Mm. And I promise you, I put my pen to paper. I went from sitting on the sand writing my story mm-hmm. into a, a well-known cafe on Timeout Beach and started uh, writing on a little wooden table just like this. Yeah. And I was flowing. Really? My pen didn't lift that paper. I didn't want to leave. 
I I was literally writing like the world was about to end and I had to write everything down at really? that very moment. My pen ran away from me. Wow. I had so much to say and so much to tell. Yeah. That I become excited. Yeah. I was passionate. I didn't want to leave the cafe to go pick the children up from school. I wanted the day wasn't long enough, is what I'm saying. Mm. I kept going back to my paper, which yeah. had scribbles and, and circles around certain bits, highlights and blah blah blah. Um and it was dotted here, there, and everywhere. And it probably would have, as the story went on and the pages went on, it probably would have made no sense to people. Mm-hmm. But it was making sense to me. Yeah. And that was the thing. Yes. It was making sense to me. I then uh, went on to speak it in an empty room. Once right. I wrote it all, I okay. spoke it in an empty room. I then... Uh, asked my favourite auntie of all time, my auntie Julie, to come and listen to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she took time out of her work. Amazing. And she sat in this big hall. Yeah. Uh, and I deliberately did it in a big room to mm-hmm. try and feel overpowered by this big room. Yeah, good call. And she sat on her own. Uh and I couldn't gauge eye contact with her really? because I wasn't confident enough to do that. Yeah. Even though she's family mm-hmm. and out of everyone, I would feel more comfortable with her because yeah. she was there through the hard times as well as my story. Yeah. So she would get it. Yeah. I didn't feel confident enough to gauge story, uh, gauge eye contact with her. And I told the story and after she cried oh. and she's done nothing but support me and tell me I'm amazing and yeah. all the rest of it. I then asked my dad and his wife to come and watch me speak. Yeah. I was asking different people, you know, please don't come tell my story to you. So then my dad and his wife come. So we went from one person in my audience to yeah. two, if you like. Yeah. And then I did it to them. And I can remember, I'm not sure what I felt saying in front of my dad. I don't know what it was. Because I kind of felt like a bit transparent. Because you, you always pretend to your parents... Oh, it's fine. You can mm. pin. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling a little bit transparent mm. and I felt a little bit, not silly, but I was thinking, ah, I don't really want my dad to know certain feels that I've had before. Yeah. You know, and I don't know why. I just didn't. But anyway. Protecting their feelings. Yeah, I don't It was weird. But yeah. I remember, so if you're uh, my dad, mm-hmm. I was walking back and forth sideways in front of my dad. Yeah. And I didn't once lift my head and I was looking at the floor and I was doing this, I remember, with my hands because I was trying to remember Uh, everything in order because my mind was so active with it all and remembering different things were coming back to me that I was going ahead of myself and then I was going back and and I was thinking, breathe. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the story. And I did it in front of my dad and his wife. And then... uh, Obviously, I did it in front of my husband as well, who would also give me positive and negative um, feedback on it. Yeah. You know, look up, Kelly. Mm -hmm. You don't look down. You're not ashamed of your life. This is your story. Yeah. Boss it, own it, da-da-da. So I was. And then I can remember the first presentation I ever did was in front of four guys in Scotland. And I think, actually, you know, I'm not going to name the company because I'm I'm not 100% sure I need to double check it. But okay. 
it was four guys who were sitting as close to me as you are, really? i.e. right across the table. Oh, wow. And I was so intimidated. Yeah. And I remembered, like, keep looking at them in the eyes. I mm. think I was making them feel uncomfortable. <laughs> they were looking away from me. Really? It was very personal. It was very close. It was very uh, real, intimate. raw, intimate. It's yeah. more difficult than... I'm standing thinking they're judging me. Yeah. They're judging me, you know, and then I'm thinking, am I doing a, a good enough job professionally? Mm-hmm. Am I opening up my uh, doors enough to let them feel this emotionally? Mm-hmm. Am I loud enough? Am I too loud? Everything's running through my mind while I'm trying to remember, mm-hmm. you know, in order which way these guys need to know my story. Fast forwarding, uh, three years, my audience, my biggest audience was uh, three weeks, it was just before Christmas, what, three weeks ago, Yeah. was 526 people. Oh my God. I am now mic'd up. Wow. I have microphones. When I go to venues and they don't give me a microphone (laughs) or an earpiece, I'm like, What's going on? Yeah, I'm someone. Where's yeah. my microphone? <laughs> but I feel yeah. as big as Adele right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, give me my microphone. Have you got a, have you got a rider? You're <laughs> brown and <M&M. laughs> <laughs> So now, like, if you like, I see my worth. Yes. Give me the goddamn microphone. I've got something that I want to share with you all. Yes. I feel good enough. I feel important. Yeah. I want to make you all a better version of yourself. I want to help mm. you all. Now there's no stopping me. Yeah. There's no stopping me. I absolutely love my job mm-hmm. because, again, in the salon, it's making things pretty. I was talking to women. I was hearing their deepest, darkest secrets. We were sharing what we were making for tea. Yeah. To them saying, leaving me, giving me a cuddle set, I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Now I'm standing in an audience telling people on stage to, you know, to recognise uh, or to help be resilient, mm-hmm. uh, to, to recognise their thoughts, feelings and actions, to recognise certain signs, yeah. the safety side of things, to having a queue of people yeah. waiting to shake my hand, mm-hmm. to thank me for sharing my story with yous. Huh? Yeah. How did this happen? Whatever's happened, whatever's shifted, mm-hmm. It feels good. And I'm going to run with it because I get so much back making other people feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And them sharing their stories with me also helps me deal with my story. Yeah. Will I ever change my career? I can honestly sit here and say, as long as the work is still calling, Mm -hmm. I will never change my career. I absolutely love this job so do you feel like this is what you was meant to do yeah in a way but then I'm a girl's girl and I did beauty therapy and I didn't even feel good enough to be a, mi- a midwife so the fact is I didn't ever feel good enough to be an inspirational speaker now mm. I am maybe I should have bit the bullet and gone into midwifery because stepping into the unknown mm-hmm. and facing things head on and telling yourself do you know what I am good enough yeah I am good enough and I am going to do this. It it absolutely gets you somewhere because now look at me, 526 people. In a exactly. Room. What the actual hell? How did this happen? You got off the bus. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We've just done a fifth part. I love that. I love that. I yeah. put that hot cup down. That's exactly what I did. You did. I stopped hurting. Yeah. I stopped hurting and I started helping others deal with mm. the hurt, the emotion. Yeah. 
you know, the safety side of things, the resilience, the mental yeah. health, whatever it may be, mm. I absolutely got off the bus mm. and I put that hot cup of coffee down. Mm-hmm. That's it, exactly what I did. I love that. Yeah. And uh, you are good enough, let me tell you. Um, Thank you. And you, your family, all, all of them, um, would be immensely proud. Yeah. And, and are, 100%. I hope so. You know, I shower my children with love. I shower my grandchildren with love. Mm-hmm. Um, they, driving down, even today, I spoke to Jack twice, uh, and he's saying to me on the end of both phone calls, drive safe, Mum. Mm. I say, I am, darling. I love you. Have an amazing day. I'll see you when I get back. Yeah. That was how phone call ended. We ended up speaking again about something else, and at the end of the phone call, he's saying, drive safe, Mum. Saying, I am, Jack. You're scarred with it for life. Yeah, of course. You know, he's a 24-year-old, soon to be 25-year-old man now. Mm. And he's still saying to me, drive safe, mum, drive safe, feeling like he needs to say that. Yeah. We are scarred. We are damaged. Mm. You know, we have a story as a family. Yeah. Um, Are we okay? Yes. Are we strong? 100%. But it's took... A lot for us to get where we are. Yeah. A lot of ups and downs as a family. Uh, What would I change? Because of how things are today, absolutely nothing in the sense of how we dealt with our grief. Yeah. Uh, It's a double-edged sword, really. It it certainly is a double-edged sword because all of this... Mm-hmm. Where you are now, your your purpose, yeah, your identity, helping others, yeah. your amazing family, where they all are, your grandkids, yeah, your two new kid, you know, new your two youngest yeah. kids now, your I, husband, all of that, yeah, was born out of yeah. tragedy. It so was, and you know, I call them the extras. So yeah. I have Bonnie and Dolly, which mm-hmm. are my two daughters, yeah, uh, who I went on to have with my second husband, yeah. I then have the four grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And when they're all together, I say, oh, my goodness, these little extras. Mm-hmm. And I'll look at Sophie, John, or Jack, and I say, where did all these little extra people come from? Because it used to be just us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And even Sophie will come round for a brew, and she brings the babies and so on. And they're noisy, and they're playing with their toys, and they're taking over my house and wrecking it and everything. And I say, Sophie, where did these extra little people come from? <laughs> because once upon a time, they none of them were there. The six yeah. extras weren't there. It yeah. was us. Wow. We've tell me we we aren't okay. Tell me we aren't growing. Uh, yeah, oh, a God, story yeah. from tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. I always say that's the double-edged sword. Yes, exactly. But if I can help somebody else recognize that sometimes. I'll use it in my story, a manoeuvre, let's yeah, say. Yeah. Is it avoidable? Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. You bet your bottom dollar it's avoidable. And and even today, you driving home mm-hmm. and you're about to make a silly, quick manoeuvre. Yeah. I might be a, a quick thought in your head and go, yeah, is it worth I was going to say gonna say to you, I'm not I will ever, ever do that again. Yeah. Ever. I'm not saying you won't go away in speed. Mm. I'm not saying I'm not going to go away in speed because mm. I will. And so yeah. will you because we're human and this is life. It happens. Yeah. But at the end of the day, making a manoeuvre while under so much you're running late, it's just say you're falling out with your partner, you've got somewhere to be, um, a shop you're going to is about to shop, whatever it is. Yeah. That it that decision that you make while under pressure can be life-changing mm-hmm. 
not just for you. Not only did, for example, not only did the lorry driver change his life, he lost his job and all the rest of it. Yeah. But he wrecks our lives too. Everyone mm. who loved Alan, he hurt a lot of people. Mm-hmm. He destroyed a lot of lives. His yeah. mum and dad were never the same. Yeah. He was the youngest of four. Like, you didn't just change your own life. Mm-hmm. You changed my children's, his yeah. parents. You know, at the end of the day, think. Just yeah. think how you're feeling. That's it. Everything starts with the thought. Yeah. You can't push it enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amazing. It's in everything and anything we do. It really is. It, yeah. And it all, like you've said um, numerous times, it all starts with that yeah. initial thought. Yeah. Um, when people stand there and say, I didn't mean to. Mm. You might not have meant to, but in a way you absolutely did. Yeah. Because you thought about it. You made you, that you decision. You made that decision. You and it might not have been that did. decision. It, it probably 10 before that yeah. led. Of course. To yeah. That. It's all a knock on a catalyst yeah. effect, isn't it? It is. But, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, what a story. Yeah. Honestly, unbelievable. I'm, I'm from the outside looking in. It's hard to sort of put into words that obviously this was all born out of tragedy. But what you're doing yeah. now and the way that you're doing it and the way that you're delivering it is, I'm I'm sort of grateful that what you're doing now is is what you're doing oh, because I think that you. the way that you deliver it and what people take from it, yeah, I think is probably more profound and more impactful than you might imagine. Yeah. I've gained um, a lot of friends yeah. through it. I've heard a lot of stories I wouldn't have heard, mm-hmm. uh, which selfishly I've oh, I said this right at the start, has helped me move on. And people say to me, it's okay. Yeah. You know, some things I've needed to hear that people have, have told me and shared their stories with me. Um, but, you know, put me in a room of 500 plus people and... I will forever hope that I change one person in that room. Yeah. Just one person. Yeah. Because everything can be avoided, you know. And that, that's it. One person over the course of everything that yeah. you do is, is worth it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've by the looks of things, you've had two lives. amazing lives. Yeah. It's with crazy, with it? a transition in the middle isn't of it. Crazy? Well, yeah. With yeah. a massive growth period in the yeah. middle of it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. I mean, even now, uh, you know, Sophie's 29 and she'll say to me, mum, mum, and she starts talking. And I look at her and I think, oh, my God, I'm responsible for you. Maybe <laughs> 30 years on, it hits me. Yeah. Wow, I'm responsible for you. Like, you know, I think life sometimes we roll with mm. and we don't see the transition and the changes. And then all of a sudden, it can be just Sophie calling me mum. I'm like, oh. yeah. like you know am I living this life has this actually happened because it happens you know when you haven't seen someone for a while and they've gone through some form of transition yeah and you see the biggest change Mm. because you haven't seen them for a while yes but when it's you and you are the person you don't really see it you acknowledge it you don't because it's every day you don't it's every day yeah that's why marginal gains are so important that one percent every day yeah because that over 300 days is 300 percent better yeah but you only see one percent a day yeah so yeah do you know uh if Bonnie ever listens to this, uh my fourth, uh my what should we say, my oldest of uh, the two yes. daughters that I went on to have. Yeah. She will probably, if she ever listens to this podcast, she will probably tell me off because I'll have got this wrong somewhere. But <laughs> I think she when she was 10, I think it was, she wrote a letter to her 13-year-old self. 
Right. And she she's amazing. She's mm. absolutely amazing. She wrote in the letter to Bonnie, it was to herself, I hope at 13 you have uh, it had crazy things on the list. Mm. You know, uh, I hope you have learned whatever it was she wanted to learn at the time, received a Cartier bracelet. There's crazy <laughs> things on there, a lot of funny things. Yeah. And we found that piece of paper the other day and she read it and we laughed so no, hard right. because it had things on and she was like, tick, tick. No way. Tick, tick. And I thought, how clever is that that you're writing a letter to your, you know, future yeah. in the hope that you succeeded your goals mm-hmm. and that if you haven't, are you going to re-add them on the list and write a list for another three years yeah. down? So I'm 46 years old. Do I write a list to my 50-year-old self? Yeah. And say, I hope, you know, some people might put on, I hope I'm, by this age, I'm mortgage-free. Uh-huh. And then years to come, get it out the loft mm-hmm. and go, these were my dreams and have I achieved them? If not, what, what do I need to do to achieve them? Yeah. Work harder, make it, everything is reachable. Of course it is. She's, she's manifested that yeah, for a start. Good. I'm a massive advocate some, for that. Some of the things on there was crazy. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. But she had actually succeeded in a lot of the things that she wanted out of life. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's such a good thing to yeah, do. So it is. I, I I think it's great scribing, yeah. you know, writing stuff down, journaling yeah. and all that. But yeah. um, there was once a story I heard, I can't remember which, it might have been Matthew McConaughey. I think he was delivering a speech after right. he'd won an award yeah. about who his hero was. Yeah. And I can't remember how he ended up getting onto it, but the, the moral of the story was that it was him in five years' time. Yeah. So he would he would write all these things down that he wanted to be his, his own hero in five yeah. years. So who he wanted to be. And then in yeah. five years' time, his hero is, is again five years down the line. Yeah. I think it was him. I might be might be Denzel. But anyway, it was always that your hero is you in five years' time. Yeah. So yeah. you're always striving to yeah. be your own hero. The only person that will ever stop you, or should I say the only person that's ever in your way of your goals mm. is you. Yeah. Is you. Sometimes we need a little kick up the bum yeah. and a little push and shove. But the only person that's stopping you is you. And that might have been, you might need that push and shove because you have a, a negative outlook. Yeah. Because the biggest critic we meet is inside our of own course, heads. Of course it is, yeah. So you probably are the person, mm. the only person that's stopping you grow. Like yeah. me with, with uh, midwifery. I never felt good enough. Yeah, but here exactly. I am as an inspirational speaker. I never saw that coming mm. either. But yeah. with a push and a prod and a shove, mm-hmm. I'm now nominated one of the, the best speakers. I'm like, yeah. huh? Oh, yeah. Like, this is just rolling. And I'm, I'm, for one, I'm glad. I'm glad it is. Because you are unbelievable at what you're doing, telling that story. Thank you. And it's not just about the, yeah. the accident. It's everything else. Yeah. In fact, that's probably 5% of it. Yeah. But yeah. Well, well, honestly, everybody listening, you need to get... Um, need to get Kelly in front of you because it is it's different in front than just listening. Thank you so much. Really, I, honestly, I mean that from the bottom. So I'm I've got massive gratitude for you oh, for one for driving all that way oh, <laughs> to come you. see me. But um, yeah. but yeah, no, that's unbelievable. Is there anything else you want to sort of share as we start to wrap up or anything? Um, I don't want to cut you short. I mean, no, I do. Um, also, um, you know, if anyone is interested in. Um, inviting me in um, to an organisation where safety is priority. Um, you can um, catch me on LinkedIn, actually on LinkedIn. Yes. and That's uh, Kelly Durham, right? Kelly Durham, yeah. yeah and uh, kelly at huddleculture.com, my work email. Okay. 
Um, and yeah, I, I am um, 100% available on there. You mm-hmm. can always reach me on there. So. And you partnered with... Uh, Abby and uh, proud I to be am, safe I'm, as well. So. Yeah, I am proud to be safe. Yeah, yeah. you can also catch me um, under proud to be safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and yeah, mm-hmm. thank you so much for having me. I've absolutely loved it. Good. It's a bit of therapy for me too. Well, I would, it's usually one yeah. of my questions is that, but I think we we've covered it anyway. As, yeah. as, as if you've seen sort of an, uh, an impactful change in yourself just by delivering it, but you can yeah. see that that's yeah. that's the case anyway because you've. You've grown within yourself just delivering the talks. I know. Even if you'd have just stopped after you'd written it all down in that in that coffee shop, if you'd have yeah. not done anything else since, that might have helped you even just yeah. getting it out. Yeah. You know, but the hardest bit, like I say, was <coughs> down. Do I start with I? Yeah. Do I start with you know um, me? How did you start it? In, um, in, in, my name. My name. My name. Yeah. My name is. Yeah. I, I think it's well. It's a good start for a. Yeah. Know. But that isn't even how my presentation starts today. No. But that's what helped me on my way. Yeah, exactly. You know, my name was a fact. Yes. And I started with a fact. Yeah. And then everything else was just, mm. I couldn't write it quick enough. It was, yeah. you know, just flowing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just to touch on it, um, any companies, um, it do, for me, it doesn't have to be where safety is at the, the priority. For me, no. there's quite a lot of motivation inspiration a yeah. bit more of a life coaching mental discussion health, mental health yeah. yeah so if anybody wants to get if you're thinking about that especially coming into the new year now yeah I think I think that would be yeah. really powerful to have in front yeah so very much so we've got three questions that we wrap up with every time okay. so everybody gets the same ones okay chocolate or strawberry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly so uh, other than this one of course what book that you've read recently or podcast would you recommend for people Oh, based on what? It can be anything you want. Okay, if I'm, you've read I'm about complete recently, cheese. Uh-huh. I am complete cheese and this is not a... Um, oh, I don't even want to mock it in case this ever got help, but <laughs> uh, it's probably not what you were going to hear and it's not work-related at all. It could all. be anything. I have absolutely loved listening to Dawn Ward's uh, podcast she is um a person of the housewives of cheshire oh okay. i absolutely love it and i think right. i i relate with her so much because uh she's a mum yeah she's a businesswoman you know she's trying to make a living and giving her kids the best yeah and uh, recently become a grandma and all the rest of it and i absolutely love her get up and go yeah Okay. Uh, so yeah, Dawn Ward. Dawn Ward. I'll find. I'll find the link. I'll put it in the show yeah, notes for Dawn people, Ward. so yeah. people can have a have a listen to this first and then go yeah. and listen to them. Yeah. Um, what best piece of advice have you ever received that you still use today, or what life model have you have you got? Uh, recognize your thoughts. People think okay. because they're thinking that is yeah. their thought. It's not. It's not at all. Yeah. You are in control of your thoughts. Have you ever read the Chimp Paradox? No, but I've heard of it. That's you've just yeah. reminded me of that. Heard of it. I might yeah. put that in the show notes as well, actually. So yeah, the chimp paradox it. is yeah, I've, you've I've got two thoughts where you, you there's a chimp inside your brain. Yeah. Know, it sounds cheesy, but no, it's true. Yeah, Dr. Yeah, Stephen Peters. Right. I think. Um if you watch Snooker, Ronnie O'Sullivan's a massive advocate for it right. and he's used it forever and he's he's actually his coach now or something. Yeah. Um but it's about that that chimp can throw a thought and you think yeah. it's yours, but really it's theirs. And yeah. sort of recognising the thoughts. Because we can all react, react uh, yeah. without thought in, in, in everyday life. Yeah. But just to recognise the thought, it, mm. you get to know like so much more about yourself by recognising how yeah. you're thinking. Well, that's my book recommendation to you. Yeah, then. cool. Re- read or yeah. listen to that. Yeah, Dr. Brilliant. Stephen Peters. Okay, cool. In fact, I think I might even have a copy. So. Yeah. Um, and last one, what would your overriding message be for anyone else in a similar situation? 
uh, how you feel in the present isn't necessarily how you're going to feel in the future. Nothing lasts forever. Moments pass. Yeah. In fact, you know what? I would actually cut that down. Uh, and I would say happiness is moments. Happiness okay. is moments. So everything is a moment. If happiness is a moment, sadness is a moment. So everything that you're going through are moments mm. and everything passes. That's how I... I like that. Yeah, that's how I would word it. Like weather. Yeah, it's true. Dark everything's a moment. Sunsets, yeah. yeah, everything's really a moment. Like We're happy right now. Yeah. But me and you might walk out of this door... And all hell might break loose, but we've had a, a yeah. happy time. It was a moment. It was, yeah. Everything's a moment. So whether you're that. feeling sad yeah. or happy, recognize that it will pass. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Massive gratitude, honestly. I really, really have. Thank so you thank so you much so for much. Having me. Absolutely please, love please to. come again when the future. I'd you love know. to. Yeah, yeah and, I'd love um, to. Oh, and also as well, keep this. Uh, well, it's probably going to be October or November. I'll tell yeah. you when. But we've got a, an awards do that we're doing. HC Heroes Awards. So we're going to have it over here, big night. Oh, I love um, that. And yeah. all you know, podcasts are going to get a yeah, get an award. Love so that. Yeah. yeah, bring the family and everything. It'll be amazing. Yeah, I love that. Um, I will. Uh, I've just thought of a speaker that I think you might like to um, have over sometime. I don't know if I should mention it. On yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's a guy that I know um, who is the best speaker I've ever um, sat down and listened to. And mm. his story is just amazing. And he's called Justin Manley. Justin Manley. Justin Manley. Okay. He is an amazing guy with an amazing story. Yes. And how he puts it across is just amazing. Um, I've got so much respect for Justin. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely uh, recommend you reaching out to him. Perfect. Yeah. Thank I you. Won't tell I won't tell you the story. Some. No, no, don't. No, no. I like to, yeah. I like to listen on yeah. the day. Um, yeah, you'd be wild. Yeah. So, yeah. no, again, thank you so much. And thanks all for listening as well. I know you've all got a lot out of that. And for, for different reasons, there's golden nuggets in there for everybody that they can take away and, and use to grow your own life. Um, yeah. So yeah, as always, just just share this to as many people as we want. We don't do sponsors and all that ads and stuff. All we ask is that you just share it to help somebody else. So if you've got anybody in mind that's that's gone through something similar, or even just struggling, um, send it across. Kelly's obviously given um, loads and loads of information and inspiration there, so I'm sure it'll help everybody. So thanks for listening, y'all, and uh, until next time, um, tune in when we've got some more speakers from P2BS. Thank you, guys. Take care.